All right. Welcome back to Out of the Rough Golf. Um, it's been a little while. Our last podcast was quite the show. Yeah, Longest. I mean, it was, it was a long one, so we had to give you time to kind of recuperate. <laughs> None of you have heard the end of it, which is fine. <laughs> After yeah. three and a half hours. I don't blame you. Um, but yeah, it was quite, uh, quite the podcast, quite the range of emotions from all of us. And uh, we've ha- had time to reflect, watch a little bit of golf. And, uh, you know, we're going to kind of swing through what we've seen relatively quickly. But uh, we got a lot of shit to talk about after the farmer's insurance open. Um, And, yeah, we can uh, get right into it. Yeah. um, The last pod we did our fantasy draft and those teams have kind of been settled in place. There's been some movement between them, but those those, uh, teams have kind of shown what kind of results are going to be getting for people <laughs> at these early stages and there's been a clear kind of div- divide among teams so far in the league and you know it's been you know cool little brew going um so uh, yeah I, I think we're gonna probably want to work backwards with this we probably i will are we gonna do we want to just jump right into the fantasy or do we want to talk a little bit about the hawaii swing at all or any i'd other? like to work backwards from the most recent thing that happened and then go back and kind of like recap beyond that mostly because this this, this this controversy we're going to be jumping into the 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 large topic the elephant in the room um is i think the thing that people are probably most eager to kind of yeah get, we'll talk it, about it first it makes sense yeah did something <laughs> happen i guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah something crazy is, is someone in the wrong honestly chance? i think the 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 main talking point that i what people are have been talking about is not the biggest story in my opinion but we can get into that as well yeah, I think I think a narrative kind of is its own kind of living being organism that people like give fuel and fire to in different areas and that kind of maintains the momentum and whether it's true or false or if that's the right thing to be talking about, you either are spending time reinforcing that's what you're supposed to be talking about or people are disputing it. Either way, it's still being talked about and the other things that probably should be talked about are not being talked about. And that sounded very roundabout and abstract, say, but the reason I'm not being specific is because I'm going to get into it. I was going to say enough cloak and dagger, kid. Let's dive right in. So this, I'm going to try to keep this under 25 minutes if I can, but uh, start a timer. <laughs> at the farmer's insurance that just finished up today, the winner, Patrick Reed, participated in some actions on the course that led to some controversial um results people had a lot of dialogue around this and it it kind of spun out in the similar way that things with patrick Reed in the past have spun out what i'm going to basically do is overview the controversy and then break into a few of the subsections of what happened and just give everything context because i've already listened to podcasts about this i've already listened to broadcasts about this and not many people address this like linearly or chronologically or even like with the right segmentation of what took place so i'm going to try to be clear about this we will do better (laughs) As long as I don't get interrupted, this should go over pretty smoothly. I'll go on unmute then. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start with just an overview of the controversy. So Patrick Reed hit a bad shot in the rough left of the cart path on the 10th hole at Torrey Pines on Saturday. Unbeknownst to the group that the ball bounced in the rough. Patrick Reed takes free relief from an alleged embedded lie in that rough. He saves par and subsequently wins the golf tournament the following day. Video footage reveals from the round on Saturday that his ball bounced on initial impact, which makes the embedded ball claim extremely suspect. Now the media, 
fellow professionals, caddies, golf viewing community, and wider public are vociferously debating this incident. So that's the overview here. I'm not going to get into the gory details yet, but that's like the general thing that took place. Now to get into the context, the history and the rules. Patrick Reed has a history with bending the rules and generally in an antagonistic attitude toward the media and his fellow competitors. He was called out for cheating during his years of college golf. He eventually had to leave his team of Georgia due to his actions on the team. Patrick Reed you unintentionally moved sand in a waste bunker in the Bahamas and received a one-stroke penalty around that as well. There was a huge controversy. Lots of people braided him back then for it. And so that sort of has been like a rain cloud over his like kind of uh, brand for a long time. He's also berated cameraman. His caddy punched a fan. His wife is an absolute menace on social media, talking shit via burner account and directly off of their accounts as well. She bashed a PJ tour about like gifted baseball seats at one point. Anyway, just not a good look from the whole camp there. Patrick Reed has talked shit about Spieth multiple times regarding his, the leniency of rules toward him and him not really wanting to play with him on the Ryder Cup team. So there's just a lot of like just things to not be super stoked about with Patrick Reed in general, as far as the context and history of his brand. But let's get into the rules and the actual like stakes that are at play within the situation, the one at the farmer's insurance. The rules state that you can mark your ball and pick it up to inspect whether it's embedded or not. That is a rule. That like that's undisputed. It's part of golf. Facts. If you feel it was embedded, you can notify your playing partners to notify them that you're seeking free relief. They can oblige or seek further clarification from you. Technically speaking, Patrick Reed did not break any rules or cheat in anywhere given the existing facts that we do know now and beyond what we could prove from a shadow of a doubt. But this is not where the conversation ends. So let's now get to the incident. Now let's move into what Patrick Reed did that was peculiar, to put it lightly. Patrick Reed approached where his ball had landed in the rough. He began asking if it had bounced to the volunteer by, nearby. This is generally a weird thing to do from Patrick Reed to ask. This is this is Reed trying to preemptively build a case for his ball reasonably being Im- embedded in the ground before he even sees it. Reed shouldn't need a volunteer eyewitness to account of it possibly bouncing to determine if it was embedded or not. That's what inspecting it is for. It should be noted that a ball can also not plug or embed even if it doesn't bounce too. Reed then proceeds to find his ball at its resting place and fiddles with it for quite some time before eventually marking it and moving it to the side away from its final resting place. It should also be noted that it is highly irregular for someone to do this and even caught and even caught the rules official off guard when he eventually arrives there seeing the ball was just to the side. Reed then, alt- after moving his ball to the side, proceeds to call over a rules official for confirmation that his proceedings as he should that he's proceeding as he should. This is also not necessarily given not necessary given the rules of the game. To the rules official's confusion, Reed directs him to feel around in the rough for the empty space of his ball's indention in the turf for the lip to prove his ball had broken the plane. Quote unquote. One, give me one second here. It, it should be noted. He is a pretentious and patronizing douche when telling the rules <laughs> official he clearly has to stick his finger in there to find out when this is the, to find out where this is what, what took place. When this is never the way to verify how a ball has been embedded in this in this sort of situation. So just quickly, fuck you, Patrick Reed, for being a dick while also being a manipulative narcissist to a rules official who's never proceeded this way before. The rules officially the rules official physically feels a lip Reed was referring to and thus grants him his his free driver length relief to a much shorter amount of rough patch and significantly better lie. Patrick Reed gets his relief and then proceeds to save par from the easier lie. So let me jump to the next part of this, which is the media and social media. 
Reed then Reed then proceeds to do a post-round interview stating that the tour and its rules officials exonerated him and said he did everything perfectly. And the tour even publicly states that Reed did things textbook. This is a rough this is a rough look from the tour, and it, it doesn't bode well for the integrity of the future of the PGA tour and its results. Reed states that it is not ne- that, and then in this same interview to Amanda Bellionis, Reed states that it is nearly impossible for a ball to embed after bouncing, <laughs> after bouncing on its following impact on the on the surface or breaking the plane. Not even taking into account the dampening effect of longer rough that longer rough can have. Using his own words against him, it is by definition nearly impossible for his ball to have embedded in the rough, which begs the question, how is there a lip there to begin with for the rules of visual to feel? Simultaneously, as this group is on the course, Patrick Reed's official golf Twitter account and longtime suspected burner account for his wife, Justine Reed, posted the exact same tweet chastising the rules officials and the public's perception of this, or I'm not the, the, the media, the broadcasting, not the rules official for Rory doing the exact same thing on the same day on the 18th hole, getting free relief from an embedded lie in the rough, which takes me to my final section of this, which is Rory versus Reed. At the end of the day, Justine Reed is a sociopath. No doubt about it. Well, for but, context, you should add, do you have what she said in the text? She was pretty much just calling out that Rory did the same thing on 18 uh, the same day at the tournament. That Correct. Yeah, yeah. he just said that. Yeah, yeah I okay. said that. Um, that all being said, what she said, albeit a sociopath, is correct. That did take place. He did get free relief from an embedded lie in the rough on the 18th hole. and His ball also bounced as well. But Rory had a very similar situation played out at the 18th hole with his shot landing in the rough and it and also did bounce. Rory inspected his ball in its final resting place, surmised that it had embedded itself. There was a talk about there was talk about or clarification that it had bounced or not. His playing partners are nearby personnel. So he didn't clarify with anyone around him if it had bounced or not. That wasn't on his mind. He wasn't trying to game plan anything. Rory McIlroy then notifies the other Rory in his group, Rory Sabatini, that he needs to take relief from an from an embedded lie and clarifies that he gets to clarify that he does in fact get a single club length. He then proceeds to drop from knee height in the same length of severity of rough and proceeds to miss the green on his approach shot. This isn't relevant to the adherence of the rules, but at least demonstrates that there wasn't a tremendous amount of effort being put into overcoming sort of infraction or trying to better his position in any real material way. Roy did serve as judge and jury for his lie and suspiciously ruled his ball to be embedded, even considering the fact that his ball did bounce before it came to its final resting point. It isn't clear if the results of Roy's final decision to seek relief was due to his ball being actually embedded, also unlikely given the fact that Reed's also was likely not embedded. It was just general negligence being through or of his inspection of his ball. It did not become embedded out of any sort of active note of cheating. It could have been, but we just don't know if he was just negligent or if he was actively trying to cheat. It should also be noted that this is the same guy who did the ex- did something similar at the PGA Championship last year at Harding Park, to, to getting relief from a embedded ball, but his result was better than he had expected it to be, and thus gave himself a worse lie to protect the integrity of the field and what his result should have been. That all being said, Rory and Reed did some suspect shit, and it shouldn't be left unscrutinized, and it shouldn't be dug into deeper. So now, just to package this all up into a nice little bow here. In summary, Patrick Reed was clearly playing the game within the game and manipulating the rules official as a scapegoat to result in free relief 
from which he then scrambled to save par and then goes on to win the event. The, P- the PGA Tour is fast approaching a reckoning with all of these proceedings, especially considering their wholesale adoption and journey into gambling and live betting. The situation needs to be discussed com- comprehensively, rationally, taking into consideration these two players' history, context, but still not absolving anyone of indiscretion. The future of golf's com- competitive integrity is on the line. That's everything. So just to let you know, you did that in under 10 minutes, so way to hit your mark. He's counting on us for 15 minutes of bullshit. Well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you guys stick, stayed out of it as much as you could have. <laughs> yeah. There um, was some tongue biting, but Dave, run with that because I need some direction. Um, I pretty much am fully on with everything you said. Um, yeah. Uh, I think Patrick Reed definitely cheated today. Um I also, I also not today, yesterday, but in this tournament, um, the Rory situation, um, I definitely don't think his ball was embedded. Uh, whether or not he cheated like Patrick Reed is, you know, you want to think that he didn't. You want to think of Rory as the the upstanding citizen, the role model golfer for all children out there, um, well smoke, well spoken, well mannered, just Northern Irishman. He had a kid. Yeah, he had a kid recently. He's a father. You just want to set a bad example for her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and l- the point you made, where he did, you know, in a prior tournament, a, At major, a major, a major tournament, made a drop that he got, uh, you know, made it a harder lie because he felt it was unfair to the field. With that being said, you just want to think that Rory wouldn't do that, but you also just with your eyeballs know that that ball wasn't embedded off of a fucking bounce out of the rough. Like it hit the rough bounced. It's not like it hit a car path bounced up really high. And then went. I mean, this shit doesn't happen in a fairway, let alone the rough. Yeah. So yeah, it's suspect. I, uh, I announced in our fantasy message that uh, he is officially on my shit list. Um, this is Rory. Yeah. This is Rory. It's a tough look. It's a real tough look. Um, you know, you can you can work your way off the shit list, but you're in it hard right now, Rory. I, I think if we want to work backwards and start with the Rory thing, because I think that's the most surprising. No one's caught. Yeah. No one's that surprised. Was, no one's surprised by Patrick Reed doing what he did. And that's what I was saying is the the real story here is Rory's situation on 18. Not everyone knows Patrick Reed's a cheat. Everyone knows he bends the rules. We'll, and we'll circle back to him, too. The thing I do want to touch on with Rory here is and I, I truly don't think. I don't really put too much weight into intent. I really, I really don't. You either did or didn't do something, and he adhered to the rules, to to what they are specified as. And this conversation quickly becomes a conversation of intent. So, I don't like going into this water, but let's just look at the plain facts of this so far. Like, Rory either went into this knowing that he could improve his line, make his situation better by taking, you know, full advantage of this situation. Or he was just really negligent in assessing an embedded lie. And technically speaking, I haven't seen anything that like like very specifically says what an embedded lie is. Like what percentage of the ball has to be under the surface or breaking the plane of something. And then looking at that thing through long, thick, rough, maybe his perception of what is quote unquote embedded is very lenient and thus he went with it or he just was being really negligent and carefree about the whole situation neither is admissible i'm just trying to understand what's the intent there i would very much like to play devil's advocate here if y'all will allow me yeah which is that i believe that both rory and patrick know the rules of golf very well 
And they also know that they're playing a game for literal millions of dollars. And I believe that they're going to use those rules to the best of their advantage at all times. And if they believe that they're doing something within the rules, they're going to do that. That doesn't time. that doesn't address the, the question, though, which is, was either of their balls embedded and are they lying about it? Because they're the only ones who looked. But they're also they can't. I mean, I don't. I don't believe that Rory or Patrick could have known for sure that their ball bounced and didn't embed. I don't think that you could see that. Bounce doesn't the- b- bounce literally doesn't matter. It's it was the wrong it was the red herring in the conversation that people were focused on. The bounce doesn't matter. The bounce proves to us that it couldn't have been embedded, but as far as they're concerned, their integrity lies in their decision when assessing if the ball's embedded or not. That's what the end line is. But I agree, but what I'm saying is if they do believe that there's a chance their ball's embedded, it is within their rights, and they should, in doing in their best interest, intend to try and get an improved lie. No? Should they not? So they addressed this a little bit on the broadcast when they were bringing in the multiple people to talk about it when the, the CBS broadcast. Navalo, uh, yeah, Faldo, and Jim Nance, yeah, uh, and Dottie, Dottie Pepper. Pepper, all of them, and they all gave a little spiel of their own about it. And Well, not showing golf. Yes, while not showing golf, but we can get a whole different conversation. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to coverage gap here yeah, later. Anyway, anyways, I don't remember who said it, but generally, if you think your ball is embedded or you don't, you, you know, if it's suspect suspect at all, you call your playing partner over to be like, "Hey, I think my ball's embedded. Would you take a look at it and you know, let me know what you think." Neither of them did that. They should have. They'll say. They'll say pace of play. The pace is already slow as fuck out there. Everybody knows it. Call your fucking partner over or the playing partner. Patrick Reed's in the last group. He has a playing partner. Oh yeah, that too. But yeah. pace of play that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter for last group. Anyways, uh, it does, but not like this. Something like this. It's either way. They both didn't do that, and that's a, a, an important point, in my opinion. My understanding is they both said something to their playing partner. Yeah, he said, "Hey, my ball's embedded." He didn't say, "Will you come over here and check it?" He Rory's was... clarification with the, he's like, "Hey, I've got embedded lie here. Do I get one club length of relief?" And just for clarification, and then his playing partner was like, "Yeah." Well, but it, the due diligence shouldn't be on your playing partner to come say, "Let me go no, stand absolutely. over your ball and say." No, That's absolutely not, not. But he didn't ask him but to he, come over. But he mentioned it. He said that it was embedded. So he said it was embedded, and he's taking Roy's word for it that it right. is embedded, which is his due diligence. Yeah, but Rory could also be like, "Hey, if they're it, like, listen, listen, that ball bounced, and but he didn't no, no, know no, that. let me finish. Sorry. That ball bounced." And we all know that it definitely was not embedded. Yeah, you can say there's a margin. Maybe it's embedded, but 99% chance it wasn't embedded. So from my, from what I think, if Roy's looking down at it and moving some grass, a little bit of grass so his ball doesn't move and looks at it, like that ball cannot look like it's really embedded. It could barely, it could subtly look embedded. So it's suspect to say the least or to say the most. I don't, I don't know. Is how there another point? My other point is like, so he doesn't know for sure. So he should at least call his playing partner over to be like, hey, let me get a second opinion about this. There's no way he's like, yeah, that's definitely embedded. I I, I agree with that. I would also just say that like, look, at what point is this becoming a gray area between a bad lie and an embedded lie? Like that, that, like 
they're just like, oh, this is really shitty. I'm going to find a way to kind of work my way it's out of this. It's long ass rough, and you hit a bad shot. Like, you, at some point, like, if, if you got a fucking plugged lie up a third of the ball in the fairway, I understand that. But if you have a little bit of the ball under the ground, which I don't even think that's the case off that bounce, but let's say it just uh, was no bounce and it went in and it's up a third of the ball and you're in long ass rough, like too bad, so sad, buddy. I I agree with that. I I will say in in my limited experience, I've never seen an embedded ball situation other than a soggy green front. Mm-hmm. Like you don't look at an embedded lie in the rough. It ha- it, it happens in the fairway too when it's real wet. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I agree. I've never seen an embedded lie in the rough. Yeah. That said, I don't... We also play munis where we don't have real thick Touché. rough and... In We're my, also in, in my opinion, I'm not, like, a scientist or anything, but you would think with thick-ass rough, it would be less likely. Yeah, I, I, I brought that up in the breakdown, too. Look, no, it, sure. it at the end of the day, the, the way that this would work is either the... The structural integrity or viscosity of the soil would have to be damn near sand or liquefied for that to actually have taken place. Or that thing had to have fallen through rough into somebody else's old pitch mark in there that landed directly there. Because like, there's just no way that, a, in it, as far as I'm concerned, from the more so Rory's and Patrick Reed's, because his bounce was far more lateral and it's jumped right. forward yeah. than Patrick Reed's. You which I think Rory's is even here. more suspect to think that his was embedded. Yeah. But it comes back to me understanding the intent of Rory of him being like just carelessly just assessing it as embedded without being doing due diligence, which is just as like unexcusable. But the other thing being is that like it's just weighing the context of history of how these two people and it comes back to their conversation, the broadcast about reputation. Both people should be penalized for this and we need to assess the situation. But I, at the end of the day, I have a very hard time believing that either of those balls were embedded. And there yeah. was no way for us to prove it because both of them lifted the evidence. I I agree. But I, I do also think that they both played it by the rules of the game. I, I, I really don't think that either of them, like blatantly cheated well, I, think I mean not, apparently patrick reed fucking did it 100 percent perfectly according to the yeah PGA so let me not tra- let, let me not transition this into the patrick reed thing because you're saying they played it both exactly how the rules go by yeah and i would agree with you and i think there's very two ways to highlight the intent of this situation by the ways that this thing's proceeded before finding the ball rory didn't talk to anyone he just went to go look for his ball and wasn't even preliminarily thinking about what the state of his ball could be patrick reed from the fucking jump knew what kind of variables he was getting into he has walked this path before he is constantly playing the game within the game so when he was walking up to his ball he was asking did you see a bounce did you see a bounce did you see a bounce and he got to a, a volunteer i believe it was a woman he asked hey did you see this thing bounce and she's like no just to verify, when you say you didn't see something, doesn't mean it didn't do something. Thus, by the video showing it did bounce. But he was seeking out evidence to support his case that if it didn't bounce, then he could then lean into that as evidence for it being embedded. Which is within the rules now. No, he, but it's sta- it's staging the narrative, right? It's showing yeah, that you're correct. thinking about... He's already, before he's seen his ball, already thinking about, hey... If it didn't bounce, I could have a. He's a, he's a he's a lawyer building within, his case before yes. he finds his ball. The, yes. the idea of building your case should be when you find your fucking ball, not when you're asking people rolling yeah, up like to it. About would, he would go up to his ball and be like, uh, "Oh, that looks embedded. Did you guys see this bounce or like you know?" So what y'all are asking him to do then is to penalize himself immediately with that. Like he has, he knows the no, rules no, no. and he's allowed to play by the rules. So if he 
even if he knows the narrative, he's allowed to play to those rules. Those are the rules for a reason. So he can make his own kit. Just- yeah, but the thing is, he hadn't hadn't even seen his ball, and he was already asking people he was, if he if if they saw it bounce. I'm so not. So he's already thinking about if he has an embedded lie before he even sees the ball. So what I agree. What I what I'm saying is, sure it's he's like, playing the game, but he those are the rules of the game, and he's allowed to play by those. It's the equivalent of walking into a gas station convenience store with a mask over your head and be like, "Hey, do you guys got cameras in here?" Before he pulls down the balaclava to rob the store. I think that's a really dark way to paint the narrative. It would be as like to me, it's saying I know the rules of this game. The rules are this. I'm going to play within those rules to give myself the best but what chance it to does, win. What it does show is that he had intent to fucking think that, like, he already was thinking that he no had an question. embedded We're ball. not saying this makes him guilty. What we're saying is it makes his approach to assessing a situation far more cognitive than, than Rory's Rory forethought. Did. He stayed yes, in the situation. I Rory agree. walked I, up to his ball and was like, oh, this looks embedded. He wasn't like, hey, did y'all see this bounce? Or, like, before he was even to his ball. I agree that it was premeditated. What I disagree with is that that's against the rules we weren't saying no that one said that was against the rules. the rules okay and the other thing being here too is that like we're most saying people, that it looks fucking suspicious as fuck is what we're saying which is fine but again yes. I, I think you're allowed to play by the rules given by the game and if the game says yeah, that he, you played it by in, the book in then, my opinion he a hundred percent cheated he was saying, and for me this is the, the the evidence is all there right so he's walking up to his ball He's already asking people if they saw it, saw it bounce or not. So, and then when he gets up to the lady, she says, "No, I didn't see it bounce." So, boom, green light, let's go. So, and then when he feels around, or when he's looking at the ball, he's like, "Oh fuck, that might not be embedded." But and then he fiddles with it, fiddles with it. Might have put a thumb on it, push it down a little bit, pulls the ball out, throws it to the side. It's like, oh, you know, better call in a rules official. Like, th- this is exactly what it looked like he did. And I was watching this live as it was going on and was literally thinking to myself, this is what is going on right now. You had never seen anything like this before. Yeah. Much like the rules official who showed up being like, what's wrong with your ball? I see it right here. Is like, no, over here in the empty spot of grass where no one has ever taken their ball out of this before and had you feel around the dirt for a divot. Like, correct. The idea here is things became very no irregular very quickly. And I'm and- not saying that he isn't acting within the rules because it stated like, he was allowed to do what he do- did. But generally, when a rules official comes up, the ball hasn't moved from where it has been. It was. Why call the rules official over? Is I watch it- a lot of golf, and I've never seen someone call a rules official up and had their ball out of where it was. So let me, let, before we get der- derailed any far, let me just now take this the next step further. So I was trying to lay the fl- it out about how he preemptively is building his case. So he then... Brings in the, the 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 rules official now after having built his narrative with the the volunteer had used that as context as a, when he brings up the rules official now he can then use them as a person to now verify that what his thing he said actually took place and they can now feel the lip and he can now exonerate himself and then use the rule official's ruling as his scapegoat now like he said it's all good he he it was him but at the end of the day the rules official couldn't ever see it in its original state. It would already been tampered with and touched by Patrick Reed, which is not always the circumstance here. Correct. And he tainted the crime scene. He did it like that. At the end of the day, you now have to go back to golf is a game of honor. And has Patrick Reed proved himself to be an honorable person in his history? No, he hasn't. I, I hear that. And, and no one's. And uh, just to reiterate, and I know you've wanted to talk a bunch here, and I'm you're sorry good, for you. You're good. You're good. 
uh, to just to reiterate, we're not saying that he didn't act within the rules because obviously, as they stated, like he is allowed to do what he did. And with that being said, I don't think the rules are right. They need to be fixed for this situation in particular. But just to put a bow on what what I'm going to say for like the last thing I'm going to say for a while until you know whatever. His situation for what Rory did is way differently, way different just by the way he handled the situation. I definitely don't think either of the balls are embedded. I think that they were both should have been played from where they were at. But, uh, yeah, and then, sorry, you can go. No, so I, I do agree. I don't think either ball was embedded. Um, I, I think the video can show us that. We obviously wouldn't know. But I do believe that he's playing within the rules. I do think he should have not picked up his ball. I think that's where he's in the wrong. I think where he's receiving the most penalty, which is understandable, is that he's Patrick Reed, and he does shit like this. Go ahead. You're good? Okay. I have two things to touch here. What you said is impossible. If the ball wasn't in bed, then he had to have broken some rule. The thing is that he broke... He didn't break any rules in plain view. He broke rules, and however that divic, that embedded mark became... Because you said you don't think either of those balls were embedded. Correct. Thus, something had to occur when Patrick Reed arrived that caused it to now be embedded. Right? No, I think he picked up the ball, which he should not have done, to prove whether or not it was embedded. I don't think we could have known without video replay that it wasn't embedded. I think it's so what I I guess I would say is I believe it's entirely possible that he thought that ball was embedded. But do you believe that he pushed the ball down or something and made it embedded? Because you said it was impossible. You don't think the ball was embedded. Because I got to see the replay of it bouncing. Yeah. So if he thought. But I could see him thinking that it didn't bounce. I think it's possible. I have a question. How is there a lip there? Yeah, how if did they, the rules Dave, official feel a lip? <laughs> Hold on. I guess I don't like. So you're saying because it bounced, the rules of fi- no, no, the rules official was brought over by Patrick Reed to feel around an indention in the rough for where his ball used to lie its final rest. Where it broke oh, the plane. Where it quote unquote broke the plane. He f- told the rules official to feel in there for a lip for where it showed the broken plane. How did that lip get there? Well, I assume it was. He picked his ball up out of there. No, is what he's implying. Yes, yes. that's what he's that's implying. That's of course what, yeah, that's what he's saying. You also have stated, as all of us have stated, from the bounce, it couldn't have been embedded. So my my thought is his assumption is that it didn't bounce and that it was. It, who that cares? Is, if, hold is, on, hold on. Who cares about assumption? There is a real physical lip where his ball was. How did that lip get there? No, what I'm saying is I thought that he was implying that he picked it up out of that lip. He is, he implying. is implying. So that. then, why the lip is there? Because that's where his ball yeah, landed. But how did the ball? How get did there the ball get there if it couldn't have been embedded? It bounced. Here's the deal. I'm gonna lay out I the land I to you. Don't follow. Patrick Reed hit a ball yes. left of the fairway, left of the car path. Yes. It hit the rough for its first impact. Yeah. It bounced out of that point and then jumped further forward and landed again. Correct. That is the point. That second position yes. of impact is where he lifted his ball from after fiddling with it. Yes. He then placed it to a third location until the, the rules official get, went over. That third location was to keep it from getting it cleaned or anyone touching it. Right. Once he arrived, he then took the rules official to come look at this second point of contact and feel around for a lip that he had discovered. How did that lip get there? If the ball bounced and can't be embedded after a bounce. The, 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 the scientific physics kind of statement here is that there's not enough velocity 
after it had bounced for its second impact zone to create a divot mark or a ball mark. Correct. Especially in thick So rock. how did that lip that he had the, the rules official touch get there? Did Patrick Reed create it? No. Was it there from a footprint? Which Was it there from... Yes. So, so again, my understanding is that this lip that we're talking about is where he thought his ball initially landed and created. Well, you got to stop saying thought because we're saying that he created, or I'm okay. saying that so he you're, created. What you're saying, my understanding of the situation is Patrick Reed hits his drive. It lands. No, it's an, a set approach it's shot. Approach out shot. Of a, yeah. In the rough. And he thinks that it landed in this crater that's an embedded ball. Yes. He's saying. He, he's thi- saying so he that. thinks that's the first point of yes. contact. He so thinks that, it. This is where that lip is. Well, he's that he's saying. D- Dave. He thinks that's the first point, the only landing point. Yes. So the ball is embedded. It's created the crater and the lip, and that's where he's pulling it out of without a bounce. That's That's, what he thinks. Yes. Is what took place. No. But hold, David. David, hold one one second. One second. So just go ahead. I hear your argument. The assumption is that the lip was there from the ball. That's his assumption. Yes. But he's assuming that publicly. He's yes. not assuming that internally. Correct. He could have arrived there, and it didn't make a lip, and then he created it. Correct. That could have happened. But I'm, you think... What I'm saying is I'm not sure that's what he thought. I'm What my what do you think happened? That his ball landed in the crater that he found. How was that crater there? Because he didn't think it bounced. No, 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 no. no. I don't care about what he thinks. How did that crater yeah, get there? Yeah, how did the actual crater because get there? Because the ball landed there. So you do think a ball could get embedded after it bounces into the second location? I'm saying... So you're saying his ball landed in another ball mark? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is his understanding... I guess I don't... I, I, I almost don't, have to draw a picture, I think. <laughs> no, I, I, I understand what y'all are saying. What I'm saying is his understanding of the rules, which is not what happened. I hear you. This is obviously not what happened. His ball landed in a spot. It appeared to be embedded. He picked it up and explained it. So if that's not what happened, then sh- I guess you're okay. I now I now have, have a fo- cheating I, as fuck. I now have a follow up. Does his thoughts affect the physical world? No. Okay. So now that we have that agreed upon, how was a physical indention in the ground from where his second landing point was? How was that there? Was it there because a ball has such I a high you. velocity after you. a bounce for it to create it? I hear you. Or did he create it? Or was there an already an old ball mark there from another person that it landed into? Or was it a footprint? And let's or- all let's remember this is in the rough. So uh, uh, to further explain this to yeah. me the way y'all are. So what y'all are saying is that his ball did bounce and that there was an indentation and that he created it. Yeah. What I'm That's saying what because I'm the saying. indentation. So w- what we know as facts are, his ball did bounce. Yes, and there was an indentation after the bounce. According to the rules official, uh, that said he felt it as well. I don't even care if the indentation is there or not. Well, I think the that- the main thing being here is that, as far as the public is concerned, and what we've been told, there was an indentation that had a lip that then was deemed an embedded ball on his second landing point, where it finished, not the initial ball mark point that it landed and bounced from we never even went to that ball mark point we don't even know it was there that could have that even couldn't have had a lip maybe the, but the point of the matter is is that wherever it finished had a lip where it was resting and that lip was either created by him pushing his ball down harder or from his finger or from it already being there from a previous person or because we don't actually understand sure. physics and it actually was going so fast that it created a ball mark in the earth does that make sense yes i follow i, I follow I, I pick up what y'all are putting down 
We all in this room believe you can't manifest your thoughts onto the physical plane. Yes. Okay. So I, I just to be clear, I, I, I'm just, I, I'm just confused on what exactly you were saying earlier. Like <laughs> I get that. He, yeah. I get you were saying he was thinking this, and I, and yeah. I, in my opinion, I don't think he was thinking that at all. I think he was manipulating the whole situation from the get go. And was planning on doing this regardless. Like, if his ball, if he had confirmation that someone said it didn't bounce, he was walking up to that bitch knowing it was long rough and was going to say it was an embedded lie and get a fucking drop and save fucking par. He was game planning. Yeah. Sure. I'm willing to accept all of that. So, I guess my follow-up then would be, if his name was not Patrick Reed, would you think all of those things? I think that's a red herring. I think that's an intentional distraction away from all of this. At the end of the day, this is what Dude, happened. Listen, it happened with Rory, and I said he's in my shit list. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. No, but I think at the end of the day, reputation does have a thing that plays into this. But at the end of the day, this is, this is right or it's wrong. And we either go with the facts that we understand now. And at the end of the day, Reed, because he's a master genius at this, and he truly is because he's still on fucking tour right now, he clearly knows exactly when to pick his points because he leaves enough plausible deniability because he was able to obfuscate the situation with the long rough and be able to fiddle with things however he want to. If he was a true person that was actually going to be doing the honor of the game, he would have been more forthright about his intentions with his ball there to find out more. And I don't know how long it takes for you to pick up a ball, but it doesn't take me 25 seconds. Sure. I guess my, my conclusion of it would be if I know the rules of the game and I can bend them in my favor without violating the rules, I would do such. So th this is where I think you got derailed earlier. Neither of us are saying that he broke the rules from what you can see. What I'm saying is that he broke the rules for, for whatever he was doing in those 20 seconds with the ball under the surface of the grass. I agree. That's entirely because possible. Because to me, yeah. physically speaking, just based on velocity and the sure. earth that I'm familiar with, that shouldn't have had an embedded mark there. And I think a lot of people agree with me until I can be proven wrong otherwise. I agree with that. I, I think it's entirely possible that he created that embedded mark. And it, I'm willing to. Not only is it possible, that. it's more than likely that he did that. In my opinion. In his own fucking words. In the post-round interview, yeah. he said it is nearly impossible for a ball to embed itself after a bounce. Use his own fucking words against him. Unless he wants to now live in that nearly impossible non-zero percentage chance, which I'm sure he will. But the point being here is that he just completely skirted out of this, even though he told basically the audience how to convict him on this. I'm willing to admit that I was wrong, and I appreciate y'all allowing me to... No, I, I appreciate you, you letting me You said you're going to play devil's advocate yeah. at the beginning of this. Is now a good time for me to do my uh, Marvel Universe? If you want to, but I don't think you're wrong. I, I I mean, I think that, yes, you were playing devil's advocate, but I just don't think you understood the situation I, I, fully. When you when you further explained that the only way the embedded mark could exist was that he created it, yeah. then I realized that there's no way to play devil's I'll, advocate. I'll, I'll, <laughs> look, I won't be, I won't be a deter, I won't be like a complete, like, just like, it had to be this way. Like, look. He could have, there could have been a footprint there. There could have been a a previous person's ball mark there. There could have been a, a host of things, a burrowed animal that only made it so far and got lazy and left. Like, Worms are lazy. Th there, are, there are small percentile minutiae out there that this could have existed on. 
do I choose to believe that that is what took place? Fuck no. The biggest evidence to me, and it's really not evidence because it's just words, is him asking if the ball fucking bounced before he walked off. You know, because no one does that. Who who made the point of that earlier on Twitter? You were saying, but it was it's a great point. No one walks up to a ball early and is asking if it bounced. You know what they're actually asking? Hey, do you know where my ball is? Yeah. It's it. You, no one is ever like, hey, did this bounce? Did this bounce? You walk up to your ball and you're like, oh, fuck, this is embedded. So, but I guess that, again, this is getting a little bit off topic. And I guess we could probably dive deeper into. I don't think it's wrong to understand the rules of golf. And I, I get what we're saying. about Dude, the we're, we're not here to commend him on his ability to properly analyze how to maximize his p- potential of getting out with a better lie. He's a, he's a true genius at doing that. I mean, it's kind of in the same ballpark of like, Hey, the other teams recording their practices and shit like that. No, like, I mean, it's not that shady, but if he knows it's that definitely if the, shady, if he knows that he can ask, Hey, did this bounce? I feel like it might be embedded. No, but my point is no one asked that. No one asked, the point, did you see if the ball bounced before they get to the ball? But They're going to walk up to it and be like, oh, shit, my ball's embedded. Did like?" It's unlikely that he was asking those questions because he was prepared to flex the rules of the game. He was asking them because it would grant him an opportunity to possibly cheat and not show it. Yeah, no one walks up going, his situation hey, my ball bounce? His, his situation doesn't change. By finding out whether or not his ball had bounced. Exactly. I, I agree with what you're saying with He's the asked, exclusion of the word cheat. He's allowed to ask, if my ball didn't bounce, I know that I can improve my lie. And no, that's not you, against no, the it, you're, no, you, it, it, but it's also it's also you, saying that's like, a hey, false statement. That's not true. You're you can't improve your lie whether or not your ball bounced. You can improve your lie whether or not your ball was embedded because your ball correct. could not bounce and it still wasn't wouldn't be embedded. You don't know if your ball's embedded until you see it. There's no but, point but, in asking the question without so, having a game plan ahead of time. I, no. But if someone says to him, if someone says to him, "No, your ball didn't bounce," he knows that. Oh. It didn't bounce. It could likely be embedded potentially. So if he gets that clarity, it'll be more likely that he can get away with what he's trying to do. If someone were to say, "Hey, you're yeah, I saw your ball bounce," there, there's no way he would have done what he done what he did. Correct. Be- purely yes. based on I his agree. response in the post one interview. But what I'm saying is that's not cheating. It is cheating if you create the indentation. Though. I agree. And I'm also going yeah, to. But my main point to the whole thing is that no one says that. No one goes up to their ball and is like, hey, did you see this bounce? Did you see this bounce? It's, did anyone see this bounce? It's not against the rules to ask the question whether or not it bounced. Correct. But also, whether or not it bounced doesn't mean it's embedded or not. Correct. So there's really no point in asking the question is our point. My point is, who asked, who, who asks no. if it bounced unless you're trying to... It- like work within the rules and we're not and we're not convicting him for asking the question we're using the question as further context for him getting himself prepared to cheat correct i i hear you what i'm saying is asking the question isn't cheating nobody said it was dave is saying if i'm i don't want to assume the way you're saying is no one would ask that question unless they're hoping to improve their lie i think he's allowed to hope to improve his lie I don't think yeah, that's, that's basically hoping that your ball's embedded. Yes. But what I'm showing I agree what I, that what I think I, what I'm saying is most people would walk up to their ball and be like, "Oh shit, my ball's embedded." No one's 
No one's walking up to it preemptively being like, hey, did you see this bounce? Did you see it bounce? It's asking I, if you have cameras in your fucking convenience store. I, I, again, that feels dark. I think he's playing within the rules and asking. Asking the question is within the rules. Yes. But asking the question doesn't, ver- like, doesn't do my anything point, for him. My point is that it's showing that he's already trying to be suspect before he gets there. And I No don't one disagree. else does that. I don't disagree. So that, in my opinion, is the most damning evidence of all of it because – even like Rory did the exact the same thing of all on this is the fact that the ball bounced. Yes, yeah. but but besides that, Rory did the exact same thing or had the exact same situation on 18, and he didn't walk up before seeing his ball and being like, "Hey, did you see this bounce? Did you see this Which bounce?" Which brings in the conversation of the disparity in intent. There's yeah. a clear game plan going on in his head, trying to find out what are the variables at play. Yeah. Like Dave said, if she did say that it bounced, he knows he can't go down that line. Correct. Basically, in his head, he's saying, oh, I hope it's embedded. I hope it's embedded. I hope yes. it's embedded because I'll get better relief, and I have cleaner rough to the side of this within a driver's lane. I agree. Boom. As soon as a, a volunteer fucking person said she didn't see it, not that it didn't bounce, but that she didn't see it bounce. He was like, boom, let's do this. I'm pushing this ball down, and I'm getting And it fucking- wasn't against the rules for him to ask Correct. the question, but it allowed him to get further context that he has an opportunity to improve his situation because no one is around to see him do it under the surface of the rough. I agree. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with any of this. What, I, what I'm saying no is... No one is saying asking yeah. the question is against the yes. rules. I, I just don't think that he's cheating intentionally. He's, I, I do believe... He is cheating intentionally, though. You don't uh, cheat unintentionally. Oh, well, we're, well we're, I'm, we're buying to the previous thing. That was basically how did the lip get there? I agree. Did he cheat to create the lip? Yes, absolutely. So he did cheat. Sure. Did he use the context of her giving her him the answer that he was hoping to to then prepare himself to effectively cheat without people realizing you it? You don't rob a bank without a plan. Okay. So, uh, you know, but what people you have still to, go to jail if they're around the people that do the crime. What I my intention I'm not saying I'm going to try and paint this in your narrative. I'm not saying he didn't rob the bank, but what I'm saying is he was hoping, "Hey, maybe I have an opportunity here and I'm going to capitalize on it." Maybe my ball is embedded. He's OJ. Everybody knows he fucking murdered the chick. Can we can we can we stop that this this stuff right now? Look, he has the opportunity to say, hey, hopefully my ball is embedded and I can improve my lie. Now what he does beyond that could be cheating. Like you said, if it did bounce and he did create the imprint, then he did cheat. But if he does believe, hey, there's a good chance this ball is embedded and I can improve my lie within the rules, then He's allowed to do Ryan, that. I got I have a very simple question. Is he impatient and that's why he asked? Because he would find out once he got there. Why is he asking the volunteer? Because Quit. he has the opportunity. I get it, but like do you think it just it was just curiosity and he was or do you think it was no, no, him no. building a game plan? It was him building a game okay, plan. Okay, and no one is saying that's breaking the rules. No no one here on this Correct. podcast is saying that. All we're saying that is that it's another piece of, you know, anecdotal evidence that isn't that substantive or condemning in the sense that like you could actually put someone in jail for it metaphorically. See, but I am saying that that's, that's, the, why that's the, one of the most condemning but pieces. If it of was the whole only thing. that, it wouldn't be enough. No. If it was only that, it wouldn't be enough. But all of it combined, having that piece of the it's, puzzle, it's, puzzle is one of the most condemning things in my opinion. It's a, it's a supporting facet of the situation towards your argument. But it's not if that were the only thing that took place, no one would be like, okay, like it would the reason that people are talking about this right now is because there's video footage of it bouncing. Yes. Exactly. And, yeah. And then the fact that he didn't leave the ball in place, he went down and touched his ball 
The fact that he put hands on the ball before anybody else could see it with it bouncing are the two biggest components. The thing that Dave is talking about and the fact that he has a question is like fourth or fifth on my list. Agreed. I think what I'm doing right now is I'm arguing against Dave. <laughs> and I, I agree with everything you're saying. I disagree that he was like, I, I agree that he probably cheated and after that. You also agreed a second ago that he was game planning by asking the question. And I exactly. never said I that. I never said that he was breaking the rules when he's asking the question. What I did say is that it's one of the most condemning pieces of, of the sure. situation. Sure. Which is because it shows that he had intent to fucking cheat. Because name me a time when anyone has done that, walking up to their ball. Name me a time no, when someone's been like, hey, did you see this bounce? Did you see this bounce? Like, it shows that he's, like, hoping that it didn't bounce so he can go forward and with his plan of action to take the drop. Correct. So what we're running into here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it quits after this, is I don't necessarily think, and I'm giving him way more credit than he deserves, if I was playing that ball on my own, I would be asking for the same thing. Would I cheat afterwards? Hold on, I need, would I you need, be no, asking no, 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 before on, you got hold, to your ball? Hold on. Let me ask what you mean sure. by things. What do you mean you'd be asking so for things? I'm happy to... I don't think there's anything wrong with asking, hey, did you see this ball bounce? Nobody Against, is. Nobody is. Dave is very much saying... No, not that, that there's anything wrong with it, but it's supporting evidence after correct. what had followed to correct. kind of paint the narrative. Exactly. Because you Again, don't we're, see we're talking people in asking circles. That. We're talking because in circles. Because you keep restarting us back to the beginning of the because circle. Because I don't think it's wrong for him to ask that question is what I, all I'm saying. Dave keeps saying I didn't saying say it was wrong. I said it's most of the, the one it's of the most condemning most things. It. Okay. I yes. didn't say it's wrong to do that, it's but not, what... It, it, there's nothing wrong with me going into a convenience store and asking if they have cameras. It's wrong once we realize that I just fucking robbed it, and that's was supporting me my game. Yeah, plan I wasn't saying it. asking if the ball bounced is wrong. I forfeit. I, <laughs> I accept. Uh, we don't need to fight about it anymore. I mean, I get like I get someone that's a gamer and wants to like perfect example is Spieth at the open. He won with the fucking driving range fucking situation. Like, yeah. he took a drop that was obscure as fuck. It took 25 minutes to do. Yep. And he used the rules to his advantage. But the difference is, Cleeth, or Cleeth, Spieth didn't look like he was cheating. He took a drop that was within the rules and did it by the book. What Patrick Reed did, everyone thinks it looks like he was fucking cheating. Under the supervision of of uh, rules officials the entire time, without tampering with his situation whatsoever, in basic basic obscurity, uh, the idea here is that there is a difference between being in the gray gray areas of rules and using them to your advantage, like Tiger in the boulder loose impediment yeah, thing. Yeah, bullshit. I've said that for the longest but, time. That was the biggest bullshit thing. Almost more bullshit than what Patrick Reed did today. He had several fucking gallery people move a massive boulder so he could hit a shot that we no like, that's your hatred paying it he didn't tiger that that's that's bullshit what he did but it's not worse than what patrick reed did patrick yeah, reed broke the rules of golf was, and pressed his ball into the fucking ground no, to create a, i agree i i was just leaning in this is my, the equivalent of kicking it out of the rough because he put it into a completely different like r penalizing lie at least rory dropped his ball right back into the shittiest stuff again like I, to, to put a bow on this, 
at the end of the day, Patrick Reed is and will continue to get away with things if he continues to take this level of cognitive genius while assessing his points of striking. He knew he could get away with it because he knew he had the, the rough to obscure his actions, and he'll keep doing it, and he'll keep having the blanket amount of room to get away with it because the PGA Tour will not do anything to people Dude, with this Dude, he's sort a of subject thing. of the fucking PGA Tour rulebook, man. He's he analyzes and reads that baby. He's like, all right, if I get in this situation, this is what I can do. I can use it in my favor. I mean, what's the straw here? Do we have to do? We have to have this happen six more times. No, I just mean with Patrick Reed. Does this does this particular thing have to happen five or six more times? Bahama, this like how many more times does this have to happen for people to be like, look, Patrick Reed. You're really good at doing this and not being caught. You are the Charles Manson of breaking the rules. You never actually murder anybody, but we're putting you away for conspiracy because your hands aren't bloody, but you're clearly at the center of all this shit. I mean, that's the OJ fucking comparison I made earlier, man. He got uh, got away with it. But it was one incident. Like, he murdered somebody. I'm not, like, trying to downplay <laughs> that. But my point being is that Patrick Reed is doing this because he continually isn't being penalized for it to the point where he's suspended. Like, it, the fact of the matter is there's a reason that he's not getting picked up by sponsors right now. I agree. In summation, I played devil's advocate. I lost. <laughs> Uh, this went way over your 25-minute marker. I just want 25 <laughs> but, minutes to oh, explain it. I would also really like 30 seconds to explain my Marvel take on yeah, Patrick we can, Reed. We can do that. Because I think this is Just so the podcast knows, Ryan was dead set about doing this metaphor <laughs> okay. or analogy or whatever he's about to do. This we don't really, know what it is. This is really important to me. Uh, I'm a huge Marvel nerd. Comics, movies, everything. Uh, Patrick Reed earned his title as Captain America. Back in the day when he went up against Rory in the Ryder Cup. That Hazel team. I am here to say Patrick Reed is no longer Captain America. He is Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, who was, prior to being on Team Cap and prior to being an Avenger, he was a murderer for Hydra. He killed lots of people, including Tony Stark's parents, and was never penalized for those actions, he was instead welcomed on to the team of the Avengers to represent the Avengers and to win many, many battles, including that against Thanos. And that is why Patrick Reed from here forth will be known as Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, and not Captain America. So I, I got one response to that, which is, so who brainwashed him, Justine? Like who? who Definitely who? Justine, <laughs> without question. He's estranged from his parents because of Justine. Justine is absolutely Hydra in this narrative that I'm painting. Yeah. But I think it's spot on, and I'm very proud of it. Just so thank you go, for letting me do that. Just to go into the Justine thing for a second, I just Snapchatted, or not Snapchat. Yo, you're Snapchatting Justine? No. Can I see that? a few of Justine's recent tweets from the golf yeah, facts. Yeah, let me go ahead and give context here. So I, I, bro I went over it briefly in the, in the breakdown, but for... Years now, there is a Twitter uh, account called um, Golf, golf Facts. Facts. You, you, at you, use, use Golf Facts is the yeah. is the handle. And look, anyone who's plugged into Golf Twitter has known for a long time that this is Justine. There just hasn't been like the smoking smoking gun that like you would require to be like blatant bulletproof. This is her. Like, would you call that the video of Tony Stark's parents getting murdered? By chance, I thought you said you were gonna leave it alone after you're done with it, and you—it's it's there. The 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 fact here is that 
it was basically all but confirmed that it was her. And it took the moment for her to do a carbon copy text for text repost from the verified Patrick Reed account and that one to just be like, look, Justine, you finally <laughs> fucked up. It's clearly you. And she got caught up in the emotion, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. This She's was like, alarm. oh, fuck, I was on the Patrick Reed account. <sighs> but here's the thing. She left it up for so long. <laughs> Totally ahead, agree. Let him, let him read them out. Okay, so it's yeah. only a couple, but this is one she has pinned, and I'm assuming this is about the Nike thing and because it's all Nike athletes. It says maybe they should rethink this, their strategy considering they let their top-producing golfer's contract expire in 2020. Numbers don't lie, and it has the 2020 uh, OWGR points, and Patrick Reed has made the most of those in 2020 out of the Nike team, but <laughs> it's just pretty funny. Um, that, and then, uh, another one from November, mid November, no one should be awarded a major championship, uh, talking about the masters in November being it being in November. Yep. Uh, no one should be awarded a major championship. Nonetheless, a green jacket at the masters without the pressure and excitement, the fans bring having fans at majors is just like having fans at the Ryder cup. Why have a major with no fans? No fans, no Ryder Cup. Should be the same for majors. <laughs> yeah. I will say the PGA did a really scummy thing by putting JT and the boys down in the first row at Wrigley Field and putting them up top, but I, I totally get it. <laughs> I mean, uh, either way, it's just, to me, it's fucking hilarious. It is very funny. Uh, like... Who gives a shit? You guys are make like your husband is making millions of dollars. Like, yeah, I don't know. They're so absorbed in like what people think and shit like that. Like, hey, you both know your husband fucking cheats his way around the golf course and you guys are making millions of dollars. Just fucking ride off into the sunset or I guess the fucking darkness for you guys or whatever it may be. Uh yeah, I'm trying really, really hard not to lean into super nerdy narratives here, but the bad guy always thinks they're right. I don't think Justine thinks that he's a bad guy. I think he's playing golf and winning tournaments and no, deserves I think praise, I, just I, like I, Vader and Thanos thought they I were doing the right thing. I think that she may be under the situation of, like, this is my husband, I ride or die for this motherfucker, and I'm going to support him through thick and thin. She may be, like clingy and control like his presence on social media and in the industry and may like control him. But like if there is a shitty light or people talking shit at him, she's going to fucking war, whether it be on a fucking burner account on Twitter or whatever it may I, be. I think she is delusional. I don't think Patrick Reed is because I think you need a certain level of clarity and context and a kind of delineation between right and wrong to properly execute on what he's doing, you know, on this fairly regular basis. If you were as delusional as Justine, you would have been caught a long time ago. Correct. Yeah, I agree. I, I think what Patrick Reed has been doing and is doing is a calculated attempt to game the system and he's pushed it too far. With that being said, like, oh, uh, I, just, I, just real quick. 
With that being said, he did win by five. That's strokes. exactly what I was trying about to say. This <laughs> yeah. is the most disappointing part: is that yeah. Patrick Reed is an exceptionally good golfer. You could have penalized him four strokes for that one situation, and he still would have won the tournament. So, like, unless he well, you don't four you don't, other times. You don't know that if he week. had to play his balls at Leiden that rough, he could have gotten a triple on that hole. Yeah, that's, or so but that's three, three strokes. strokes. I get it, but you don't know how the other people would have played, given the fact that he wasn't leading. Like, you don't know if Hovland yeah, wouldn't have made aggressive mistakes. It's the fucking butterfly uh, he, effect. He's shit. just doing math. Like, yeah. yeah, it's the butterfly effect. Who knows how it would have played out? Like, he could have easily lost because he got upset because of the shitty lie, and he bladed it over the green or flubbed it into the fucking bunker or whatever it may have been. A hundred percent true. Nobody knows what would have happened, but the fact of the matter is, he is a damn good golfer. Um, extraordinary short game, um, and it's a shame that he goes about playing golf in the way he does. Can I ask a a quick tangent question? Were y'all stoked on him when he played Rory at Hazeltine? It was one of the most entertaining Ryder Cups I've ever watched. I've. I, we haven't we haven't had the the uh, the pod going long enough, but I've been an active detractor of Patrick Reed for a long ass time. Okay. I was rooting for Rory in that match. Uh, I and always I've, root for America in the Ryder Cup, so it didn't matter who was playing. Um, I was rooting for the American, and regardless of if you like Patrick Reed or not, that match between Rory and Patrick Reed was awesome. And leading up to that match, when Spieth and Rory or Spieth and Patrick were teamed up. Yep. Uh it was also awesome matches. Like that Ryder Cup was fun. He, they did set it up like what you do when you have are the home team, you set it up for your team to do well. Pins were in the middle all week or like it it was set up for the Americans to win. We don't need to get too deep in that yeah. Ryder Cup, but the main thing being is that like Patrick Reed is a phenomenal villain for golf. He really is. The biggest gripe, though, with this is that he's a villain with no consequence. Like, at least with villains like the Patriots or with the Astros, if you cheat, you got fucking penalized for it. Like, that was a fact of life. Like, you got recognized in the public and you were fined for it. Or you had people that were fired or people that were pushed out. Or, like, it may not have gone to the level that, like, other people may have wanted, but there was at least consequence. And right now, as far as this tournament is concerned... Nothing happened in this particular situation with this tournament. I don't think anything's happening because there's also a rules official like in the situation now because he didn't he used him as a scapegoat. Yeah, he uh, he he fucked up in the situation. I don't want to go down a wormhole here, but I would argue that he was penalized as much as the Patriots or the Astros in that they're cheaters and they got away with a lot and the win still counts and like people look at them just like we look at Patrick Reed. I look at the Astros and Patriots as cheating scumbags who also still have a fucking banner that they can hang up just like he gets. The thing is though, Patrick Reed is going to continue to do what he's doing, but the Patriots and the Astros are not going to continue to do what they was the organizing right. body? Did the organizing? No, the Patriots won several Super Bowls yeah, after that mean Spygate. Were, that doesn't mean they were fucking. I have a clear defla- question with this. Defla- after Deflategate, that doesn't mean they were deflating footballs. That doesn't mean they were recording after that. Patrick Reed is going to continue to do what he does, right? Here's the here's the main thing, and I'll, yeah. I'll I'll go ahead and start this by saying I'm not a baseball fan. I'm not a football fan. I don't know enough about those things. So me leaning in those as the analogies may not have been the best choice. What I will ask though is. 
Did those organizing bodies for their sports league recognize that they had cheated and they were penalized to some severity? It could have been not enough, but they were at least acknowledged. That has not happened with Patrick Correct. Reed yet. The PGA Tour refuses to address this. Because Correct. he's a fucking class act, kid. Yeah, it's true. They're Everyone all... on tour is a class act. They don't cheat. It's they a have gentleman's the best sport. In... They have the best intentions. You know, It's rotten to the core, and there's, but it has the nice presentation on the outside. Facts. I won't argue. So, just to t- that being the end of this, any other major takeaways from the farmers insurance that you guys want to kind of touch on? Uh, Tony Finau I was literally T2. about to say Tony Finau <laughs> continues to rake that, in that that back list. half of that back nine was rough to watch. Um, he putts, really didn't have a chance going into Sunday. Like I never thought he was in. Like he definitely be in, had a chance. Yeah, of course he had a chance, but that was not a name I thought was going to have. Like I, I don't know. I was thinking like. Rom, Hovland, like one of those guys were going to do something to make it happen. But, uh, yeah. Tony finished exactly where Tony finishes. Yes. <laughs> That's just what he does. He's a good guy to have on your fantasy team. He's going to lock down a lot Dude, of top I fives. Like, I like Tony Fino. I just don't – I don't get it. I really do not get what is happening with – and this week was not a good example of it. He was not in contention, but it's weird. So, kid, take us where you want to go. Well, I mean, to keep going with the Tony Fina thing for a little bit, not to just basically say he keeps getting top twos. It, the, really what it comes down to is that he has a clear issue with closing on Sundays, whether he's leading or if he's coming from behind. Because at the end of the day, he continually puts himself in a position where he could win the tournament. Where he he goes into it, and you have an organ, like you have an uh, you have an organization body or uh, a data tracking company like Data Golf that has his percentage above ten percent or above twenty percent to win the tournament, and consecutively he doesn't actually win it. So it's he as far as people that get top tens without winning or people that have opportunities to win, he is clearly the un, the biggest right. underperformer in that respect, without a doubt. Does that mean he's a terrible golfer? No, no one's saying that. No, 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 no one is saying that. He's beating the majority of the field by a huge margin. Like he's racking in the dough, and by all means, having a very, very successful career. But for legacy purposes, and like just, is it is it unfair for us to be highlighting this? Also, no. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, his disparity is incredible. But I mean, Tony, in a nutshell, he can make birdie and double bogey on every hole and that's how you end up never winning yeah i mean it's really it really just comes down to tony fina clearly has something going on mentally or part of his just game playing of how he approaches the rounds where he gets close to winning it and he takes off the gas or he gets close to winning and then he makes it he makes a dumb mistake he just can't find that middle ground of executing on a game plan to overcome uh, you know, that, that, that final stretch. Yeah. It, it seems to me, and it, it, it's kind of just the style of his golf is that he's all gas and no breaks. The dude either has to be gung ho going for it and I'm going to hit a bomb and it's going to hit the fairway or I'm going to try and play it safe and my swing falls apart and I miss fairways and I don't make putts. It, it, it's bizarre. It doesn't make any sense, but it, it seems to be the clear pattern going forward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Look, I, I think Tony Finau will win again, and no one can uh, can blame it on the, the, the Puerto Rico Open curse anymore with Hovland yeah, breaking Javi. it, um, who also was you know really close to winning it um, today, too. And he, he collapsed in the last four holes, um, and 
it really just gave Patrick Reed the the open range to kind of run away with this thing with a commanding lead because it's going to finish as if this wasn't close and right. Patrick Reed ran away with it. And he did to an extent at the end of the back nine. Right. But there were people that could have taken it from him quite a few times and no one could seem to take it away from him. I think you can also look at experience. If you look at that list of guys that had a chance, none of them have been in the position to win nearly as often as Patrick Reed is. Patrick Reed knows what it takes to be in first place and win a tournament. And a lot of those guys are kind of chasing down the league. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, Tony Finau being the exception of someone who just clearly can't get it done, but Xander Shoffley can clearly close. Victor Hovland has closed before, and he's showing recent sure. form recently. He just hasn't been around he's on young. tour long, long enough, but he can clearly close. John Rahm, who is also in contention, can close. He closed yep. at this very course on the 72nd right. hole. His first win on tour. Yep. yep. So what it really comes down to is that several people had an opportunity to at least match him on what he was doing, and all of them just imploded on the back nine. A hundred percent. Everyone that had a chance to take down Patrick Reed didn't do it. And kid, it's not exactly what he wanted, but he brought up this narrative yesterday and he was like, Hey, maybe Patrick Reed wins and it brings more attention to what happened on the 10th hole on fucking Saturday. It's the Bryson obliterating the masters thing. Like I root for chaos for change to come out of the ashes for sure. And yeah, I don't think the tour is going to do much about this with Patrick Reed. I think I think they got what they wanted out of this by getting Rory to be the equal thing to cancel it out. Oh, for sure. Because if Patrick Reed were the, was the only person to do it, then they could be like, oh, everyone's going to lean out. But now Rory gets to be the thing that yeah, uses they, the situation. No they lucked out with Rory. A hundred percent. No question. And because of that, I don't think anything's going to change or happen. But I at least take a little bit of pleasure in the fact that more people have for sure been converted to kind of not being anti-Patrick Reed, but just being recognizing the fact that he's clearly egotistically manipulating a situation out on the golf course week in and week out whenever he sees an opportunity. Bucky Barnes is a good character. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Um, so I, was that all off of Tony Finau right there? I um, left for a No, minute. we talked about Audience. Hovland a little bit, and uh, we didn't talk that much about John Rahm. Did you want to talk about your boy? Um, Our boy. I was, He's on uh, team. He's still my boy. I was uh, definitely disappointed in how he played today. Um, uh, just one thing about the fucking goddamn coverage all week. They will not drop the fact that he just changed equipment. Like It is brought up pretty much every shot they show. I wouldn't be surprised if Callaway pays for them to mention it that may be the case regardless i don't think the equipment i think a t7 in the last tournament he played he played well i don't think the equipment is an issue for him i think it's fair to say that the pga in general they like narratives and they're going to cling to anything that the general public knows they know he just changed clubs just like we know rory had a fucking kid that yeah, they just, will always just lean into in their typical general. fashion. They overdo it yeah. like it's every shot. And, you know, it is new clubs and a new putter this week and blah, 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 blah. Like every single time they're showing them. Anyways, I'm uh, I think he played a good tournament. I was I'm happy with the finish he had considering he's on my golf fantasy team. He saved my team from losing points this week. I was hoping for a win. I thought I literally thought going into the, today like he had a good chance to win. Like He did. I uh, I was like 
yeah, it's my boy Rom. He's gonna fucking go and he's gonna take it home. Um, and he didn't do that. I was disappointed. He shot even today. Um, it was, I think, the worst he played all week. No, yesterday he shot even as well. But yesterday's weather was garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So or was it, that Friday? The no, was yesterday. Friday was bad. Yeah, Friday, Friday was, was the, the crazy, like, sideways yeah. fucking... Yeah, he played bad on the weekend. How much do we care about the West Coast swing as far as guys being in form? Like, what do you mean? I think it's very important to be on form at this course, considering where the U.S. Open is going to be this I'm season. just saying it's very early in the season that he can still get into shape. And yeah, I Oh, I, I think Rom's probably going to win on tour this year for sure. He's going to get to world number one. and Let's not go down that path right now. <laughs> I'm willing to. to Anyways, agree. we all know what my stance is on the on the boy John Rom. Um, kid asked how you know how I thought about him on this tournament. Um, I'm disappointed. I mean, that, I I think that's fair given the context of you know what his potential could have been. In the same way, like you look, if you didn't know anything about happened that week and Tony Finau getting T second, you'd be like, nice, way to go, Tony. Yeah. yeah. But it's just the context of where he was at and the opportunities that you had. Yeah. It, like, and just to uh, one further point off of Rom that I'll bring up about the farmers is the mole. He's back, baby. What does that have to do with John? (laughs) I said off of John Ron. Okay. I said off of John. Yeah. We're not done with the farmers. We're going to keep talking about the farmers. (laughs) No. For well, one more thing about the farmers is the mole's back. That's what I'm saying. The I'm, mo- I'm just telling you right now, uh, uh, as someone who owned the mole last year. You're also talking to someone who also owned the mole. Yeah, before I owned you the, owned mole the mole before you and in his prime, and he did. won a major for Dave. Yeah. And he made me a lot of money in that major he won. Uh, there were some gambling implications for me. So I'm yeah. a big Molinari fan, but. Yeah, listen, the mole, he had a hiatus during COVID. His game got shitty whenever he got dick slapped in the face at the, at the Masters by the tree. And, you know, he hasn't been the the same since. And he's finally getting back into it. He had a long hiatus from COVID. And I think the mole has found his form again. This is, in my opinion, is his last run. This is the mole's last run. He might win something in the distant future, like a one-off thing. But this is going to be the mole's last. We'll come back to the mole a little bit later, I have a feeling. Um, (laughs) I guess I just got cut off. I don't know how we're going to possibly come back to the mole. Oh, we will probably come back Uh, to the mole. Yikes. Um, This is going downhill. (laughs) So I think this is an interesting precursor to what will eventually become the venue for the U.S. Open this year. Um, Obviously, the conditions will be changed a little bit. The rough will probably get. I don't think much. I don't think it'll be much different. What? It always plays significantly different. The rough was long as fuck. If anything, they're going to move the fairways in a little bit, and the greens are going to be harder and maybe a little faster. I don't think it's going to change much. That's just me. Those things you just just named a bunch of things. That 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 was two things. Very significant. Fairway's Slightly narrow. longer and then harder greens and faster greens. I think the the rough is going to be pretty much the same. Maybe a hair longer. They usually play it longer in the second event. No? It looked the rough looked like a fucking U.S. Open rough this week. I like if you were looking at it, it looked long. Tori always has long rough. The biggest thing for the U.S. Open is that they're going to make those greens fiery. They're going to make them firm. They're going to be faster. They're going to lengthen the tee boxes further back. They're going to tie in the fairways more. That's not necessarily the case though, because fucking look at Wingfoot. They do what they they are fluid like. 
oh, this day went this way. Let's change it up. Like, they didn't... Wingfoot was not how it was supposed to be. Like, if you fucking think back, like, we're... Uh, at least I was disappointed with how it played a bunch, especially the green. So your your fluid thing is that it's not going to be fluid and nothing's going to change? They're going to do... They're... No. They... I just don't necessarily think that the greens will be fucking super, super fast throughout the entire week. So you you just said that Wingfoot was a lot different than it normally is, and now you're saying that no, I, Tory Pines Tor- isn't going to change now. No, I didn't say it was way different than it normally is. What I said about Wingfoot was they were fluid, like they they act within what's going on during the tournament to determine what's going to happen the next day. To me, the most important thing about the mole is it's going to play a lot longer. <laughs> no? <laughs> the most important thing about the mole. Yeah, for <laughs> Molinari. You're yeah, we weren't talking about well. mole anymore. We said we're going to bring it up again later. <laughs> you said he played well at Tory. You're talking about Tory. When they come back to Tory, it's going to play a lot longer, and it's not going to be a good course for the mole like it is now. Yeah, but I just wasn't talking, we, we about, the talking about the mole about the U.S. Open. I bow out. No, Excuse don't bow me. out, bro. I'm just saying, like, I wasn't talking about the mole at the mm. U.S. Open. What I was talking about is that I don't think the setup is going to change. It's going to change very much between this week and the U.S. Open. Okay, so we'll. I think the biggest difference will be the greens will probably be a little faster and a little harder because it's going to be fucking later on in the year, so they're not going to be as soft. So the scores will be lower, but I don't think like off the tee necessarily will be much different. So or in the rough, like the rough isn't going to be fucking way deeper than it is now. Like, it's like, OK, it's I, at this point, I think this conversation quickly becomes subjective of whatever you think is significant or insignificant in terms sure. of changes for a course. And sure. we'll, that we'll just we'll rely we'll fall back to we'll see. Yeah, sure. My only statement would be that I think the tees will be further back. Regardless of which player we're talking about. I can't speak on that because I don't know if, if it was fully stretched this week for them or not. That's just generally what they do is they play it long. And there may not be room though. But yeah, but I, Tori is like like one of the longer they are one of the longer courses sure. anyway. So I feel like they probably have them about as far as they can go this week as well. So sure, it's we'll, we'll see what it comes down to. The main thing being that uh, what I was trying to get to with that that kind of bring up is that that now kind of lends itself to Patrick Reed possibly having a good opportunity to win another major. Um, the the fact of the matter is, is that he showed to be the clear favorite this week besides the controversy with how well he played and he continues to scramble his ass off clear favorite meaning what like he wasn't the clear favorite meaning coming into the tournament he won by five strokes i mean that's like he's the clear fa- sorry i mean like he's the clear favorite going into this us open with how he just play at tory versus See, everybody else i disagree else. i wouldn't put patrick as a clear favorite going into tory pines us open i mean there's a lot of guys that didn't even play this week like bryson and other people okay i mean for me i i think with how how commanding he played in harder conditions than everybody else and how he finished it like to I me mean, the u.s open is a ways out like it, patrick reed's form could change dramatically and that's like, cool but i'm talking about uh, right john I, I, like, i'm talking about I, right now though. segment i want to go into later like for majors in general like i want to get a consensus on who we all think is going to do good at majors but like my money's on John Rom. I think John Rom has played well here pretty much every time the tournament comes around. John Rom's probably going to win the U.S. Open this year. Okay, that's that, that's fine. My my point being is that as of right now, with how he performed here, I would think you would consider him to, to be. Then I'll just put the word a favorite for for the U.S. Open. 
Like it, it wasn't close this week. And all we have to go off of right now is this week and what came previously. I don't think it wasn't close because when you started the day, it was a lot of people's, a lot of people had a shot. They just didn't follow through on Sunday. And there's a lot more golf than just Sunday. And I think if someone were to play, whether it be fucking Fina, whether it be Hovland, whether it be Rom, it could have been anyone's tournament today. But it wasn't. I it, get that, but I don't think you should. Be I like, agree. I agree with you to an extent, I hear for you. sure. I like hear I, you. I, I do. My point is, is that like the takeaway from this, to 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 repackage my statement, the takeaway from this event is that Patrick Reed is a clear threat at the U.S. Open this year. Sure. And I yeah. would be concerned about him. And my worry from that is then what it comes back to his legacy and what what it can mean for this villain figure in golf going forward, and just generally what this could turn into. And it, it, I t- I think it's it would be far more enticing to me of a narrative if I felt like there was repercussions for what was going on. Yeah. But to, to me, I think that kind of is a decent encapsulation of the week. We could get into like the people that missed the cut that probably shouldn't have, or, or, or Rory wilting a little bit beyond his performances of what we just went with with the controversies. But you know, it's still early in the season. We'll see what things develop into the West coast swing is always interesting. Primetime golf is great. Um, but you know, we're on to the waste management after this, which will, which will be exciting. Is Rick going to do it the waste management? That's a good tournament for him. He always plays there. He always, yeah, he plays there. Rick kind of just came out a little mellow this week. He started off okay the weekend. He kind of sucked. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I'll try to hyperdrive us through a few topics right quick since we haven't talked about much uh, uh, since the, the draft, obviously. And uh, just to kind of get back with, you know, we had – the first event of the season with Kapalua and by season, I mean like this year, obviously yeah, the wraparound sure. season is thing, yeah. but your boy Harris English, Dave, he took it at Kapalua in a playoff. Like mm-hmm. got any words for your boy? Um, I picked him cause he's a flusher of the golf ball and you know, he came out swinging one Kapalua. Um, didn't I, you know, I, 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 he, he ended up missing the cut this week, uh, which was unexpected to say the least. Um, I thought he would at least have the game to get through the cut, but maybe he's a little burnt out. He's going to go home, recoup, have some time with the family, get back into the good game mindset, and uh, we'll get back out there. Um, yeah, I, I'm happy with what I'm seeing from my boy Harris. Right, right on. Now. To jump to the next one, because we got both of you guys here, the following week at the Sony Open, the boy Kevin Na won it. My guy. This is what I picked him for. He's going to win every once in a while. Again, flusher of the golf ball. He's going to be in the mix. I mean, uh, easy I with the flusher of the golf ball thing. <laughs> no, he he definitely does he flushed it. Well. it that no, week. he strikes it well yeah. for sure. One thing I'll give him is he knows how to recoil his driver, dude. Look, I think Kevin Na is trying a little bit too hard to brand himself a little bit with the walk-in thing. Oh, for sure. With his unnecessary recoils, See, like he I clearly is trying to I'm put not on the zest. Page, I'm not on the same page with the walk-in thing. I think the walk-in thing is something he can't even help. It all feels very intentional. The, not the, to look, me. I think like it started off like he just hit a putt and started walking it in. I think that's. I think it's natural. And like, yeah, maybe he's leaned into it since like it caught. Isn't it caught his traction. logo now? Yes, it, it might is. be, but it, I feel like he, is. he he leaned into it once Tiger and people got on the train and it got became a thing. But I think it was like he hit putt. He hit. He has hit putts and walked it in. Like I feel like that's just look. You know, you get branded as the guy that's slow, and now he's moving things forward. He's playing quicker golf. 
Now it's Look, I'm not saying it wasn't savvy marketing for himself. All I'm saying is that it's all very forced to me, and it, it, I, it just doesn't land well with me. He's a great player. He's a horses-for-courses kind of guy, and I respect his game considering he's not very long and he finds a way to still win. And, you know, kudos to him. I mean, he's also the guy who's registered, I think, the highest stroke on a single hole in PGA Tour history, which is, you know, that's also a cool title to hold. Somebody's got to hold it. How was that? TPC San Antonio, too. I played that hole. Mm. Uh, at the same time at that Sony Open tournament, uh, uh, Chris Kirk, who's been in the public and was battling substance addiction and was down a dark path, like kind of brought himself back into the the PGA Tour again and was able to eke out a T-third at that event with the requirement of doing that well to get full status on tour maintained. That was his last opportunity in an event to be able to pull that off, which is really, really cool. Kudos to him. Uh, uh, just to... I mean, let's not spend a ton of time on this, but just to loop back to Kapalua, there was a situation with JT. Yeah, I'm not trying to touch that with a 10-foot pole right now. You can say your piece on it, but I'm not trying to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Say your piece, because I'm curious. Um, Well, I just think we haven't talked about it, or like we haven't podcasted since it, and, you know, it was part of the situation. Um... I don't think he in any way, shape or form was trying to be negative towards that type of person, you know, their sexual orientation or anything like that. He was pissed at himself and called himself a word that throughout everyone's childhood and people of our age or this generation said when they were younger. And, yeah, he probably shouldn't have said it, but there was live mics on, and it happened. And I think uh, – and this is coming from someone that's not, like, the biggest JT fan. And I just think uh, there there needs to be some sort of, like I, – I don't think it was warranted for Ralph, Lo- Ralph Lauren to drop them. Yeah, they can do whatever they want. I get that there's probably a lot of people that were offended that probably work for Ralph Lauren, um, considering it's a – clothing company and generally people of that sexual orientation or designers and of that nature um but yeah he made a mistake um i don't think he was meant to be derogatory or talking shit about that type of person he was literally upset at himself and said a word that people frown upon and you know uh yeah, it was a word that people don't like to hear, but he wasn't in any way trying to talk shit about that type of person. I agree with Kid. I don't want to dive too deep into this. I I think it was totally within their brand, and I, I, I think it's probably a good play on their part to drop him, and I am a huge... Talking on Ralph Lauren? Yeah. Yeah, I and mean, I, 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 I yeah. get it, but I don't think it, I don't think it was warranted, but yeah. It, it is what it is. I understand them doing it, but uh, I feel like if you've built, a, have, you know, established a, you know, a, a foundation with this person as an ambassador for your brand for golf, they've been in business for years. It's it's like, you know, generally when someone fucks up, you give them some strikes. You know, you have a one strike, two strike, three strike, you fucked up. Like, JT has not fucked up really, except for that guy at the tournament, and he was like, "Get out of here, buddy," and that like can be qualified as not even a fuck up, right? So, 
yeah, you say a bad word and people get fucked up and upset about it. And I get it, it, it's all about the context. Like he wasn't like, I fucking hate gay people. You know, that wasn't what he did. It was everybody in the sport and knows sports and being competitive in general. He was talking about himself and it was the same thing as saying like, hey, you're a scumbag. You just missed that putt. You're a fucking scumbag. Like that was pretty much what he did. This is scary. Okay. I I agree with you that that was his intent. Um, unfortunately, what he did was say a word that is no longer acceptable. Um, and I think what I would say is that I think Ralph Lauren was warranted. They made the right decision. I also think JT is so a So do you think every single sponsor should drop him? They made the right decision is what you just said. Yes. Ralph Lauren made the right decision. Yes. So you think every single sponsor he has should drop him? I think it's within their rights to do so. Okay, yes. that's different than what you said, though. You said it... it, it what I'm saying, Ralph Lauren is very different than Titleist or someone else and where they stand in the market. I think it was acceptable for them to drop him. I also think JT is a great dude. He's going to do the right things. And he's gonna figure it out, and he, he's gonna land on his feet. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not denying any of that. Right. I, I, just, I just think it's okay that he got dropped, and I think he's gonna learn from it, and hopefully do the right thing. And I, I don't think it's our place to to hash that out. So hopefully sure. the right things happen, and everybody learns from it. But it's a lesson to learn for sure. A hundred percent. Like, yeah, it's not a word you should be throwing around on the course or while you're being recorded or in general. Yeah. But, uh, I, I thought that was surprising to me. Um, at least if I was in business with someone like, Hey, you know, just like, you know, his other sponsors don't drop them. Let's try to do something to show our appreciation or what we want to do for that type of group or that type of person in general that's upset, like show, show people that that's not the type of person he is, that it was just a slip up and, you know, a cognitive reaction as if he was at more of an adolescent state of himself. Sure. Cause he was caught up in his emotions. Like it was no way demeaning to that type of person. And when I think people react so crazily towards that, it's just, the epitome of outrage, outrage culture and shit like that. And I'm not trying to go crazy into that type of podcast and we can wrap this up and I, I get your stance and I understand it like yeah, as a business for their demographic demographic, a person that they sell things to like, yeah, maybe. And the pe type of people that work for that company potentially, you know, yeah. um, it might be the right move, but uh, I would like to think, that company should maybe stick by the people that they want to rep or want them to represent them. Like you, you have faith enough to have that person represent your company. And then as soon as something goes wrong, you're just going to throw them overboard and not do anything about it. Like, Hey, we know this person's a good person. They made a mistake. We, we wanted them to be a part of our company. So it just pretty much shows that, like, they didn't give a fuck who it was. You were really good at golf. You seem like a good-looking good dude that's going to sell our product. It shows that they don't give a fuck about who he is or the type of person he is, that they're just going to – that he's going to move product. And that's all it shows. I disagree. I think the, the important thing is um, we don't have to get 
too far into this, but they they did leave the door open to work with Which him. Which shows in the even more fucked upness in mm. my part. To me, it shows that he fucked up really, really bad. And I think this argument is just a debate about how bad he fucked up. And like I said, hopefully he learns from it, and hopefully everybody gets better for it. And that's that's kind of all I have to say. All right, and we can move on from there. It's fine. After the Sony, we went to the American Express in Palm Springs, where the big woo-woo returned. Um, he had uh, been outside the kind of general discourse around golf for a long time since his Players' Championship win, when he looked like he was going to be a force, and that the uh, the same force of uh, Korean players that had been having such a huge impact in the LPGA may have just been starting to buck its head on the normal PGA Tour. And, uh, you know, it's cool to see him back in it, because at the end of the day, he was killing it really young i mean when he won the players championship he was maybe 19 or maybe even 18 years old and he's now maybe only like a few months older than morikawa like he's still super young and people kind of forget that about him so i think him doing well and playing well on the pj tour again it's gonna be a great thing for the game i like seeing him and sungjae play really well because at the end of the day there's a lot of really talented people that play and pretty much stay in korea and like play that tour that's over there especially in the women's game so I like both him and Sungjae's game a lot. I enjoy watching them play golf. And if there's m- more people like them coming over and playing from, from Korea, I'm all for it. Like, it was cool seeing him play and win again. Um, for sure. It's another, to- tor- another tournament that Finau probably should have won. Um, <laughs> How quickly that just became about <laughs> Finau again. Like, not a single word on Siwoo Kim, who played great. And shot an eight under yeah, to, to win insane. the tournament. I mean, Cantlay played insane as well. The course was gettable Sunday. A lot of people shot really well. But I don't know. I'm I not feel spending like... another minute on Fino. I'm just not. I won't, I okay. won't have the conversation. Well, then I'll fucking step out. Because that, from that tournament, that's really the story to me was that Fino didn't take that home. That's crazy to me considering Siwoo won it and Cantlay shot 11 under 61. Yeah. Cantley shouldn't have been in the picture for that tournament. That's why, like, yeah, it's insane that he did that. Like, that was the equivalent of a 59 if it was on a par 70, like when JT did it on an easier course in Sony. I get that. But from the beginning of the day, Finau should have won that tournament, in my opinion. From the, the first tees on Sunday. Like, yeah, no one thought Cantley was going to go and shoot an 11 under on Sunday. Just no one was thinking that. Like, yeah, more power to him. That's yeah, but that's badass. what did happen. And but that should be again, something that's talked about about the tournament. Not the first thing is that, oh, Finau collapsed again. Like, there's other good storylines well, that came out of that tournament, but it was yeah, the first thing that you saying, went to. I'm not saying there wasn't. But, yeah, it was the first thing because, in my opinion, that's the biggest fucking... But we've already spent 30 minutes piling on Tony Finau and his inability to get it closed right now. But, okay, if we want to keep dwelling on it, we can. Okay, we don't. Obviously, you don't want to talk about it, bro. It just seems like a lot of wasted time. We know Tony Finau struggles to close it out right now. Um, but, you know, I fucking I, I would like to give Siwoo Kim the fucking credit he deserves because we like raving about these young kids doing really well. But the moment it's somebody who doesn't really speak English or doesn't really have a, a brand in the U.S. or isn't based from here, go through the collegiate program here, it's like, yeah, he's gonna, he's not he's not going to have staying power. Like, whatever. Like, we're not going to care about like, Look, these people are going to keep coming onto the tour and have amazing games, and, like, they should be recognized for playing really good golf. I mean, he's won the players before. Uh, is He has two. Is that his second win? Yeah. The first was the players? I think so, yeah. So, uh, I, I mean... I, I don't know. I don't know about him, 
I feel like his game is very up or down, and that might be because he is young. Um, he may become more consistent going forward. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an just interesting. Up and down hasn't been a disqualifier for you, though. You ride or die for Matthew Wolf, who's the most up and down guy there is. How did he do this week again? It was a wrist injury. Yeah, it was a wrist injury, man. <laughs> It hasn't the wrist injuries haven't been the preventative factor of him making cuts before in the past. Though. You asked this weekend. That's you what asked, happened. Yeah, <laughs> that is what you asked. You asked what happened this weekend. Like, like this. Yeah, whatever. He didn't make it to the weekend. Yes. Yeah, because he got hurt. No, yeah, he withdrew because of his his wrist injury, injury, which is true. Like that was the preventative factor allegedly for him missing the cut this week. But it's not. He hasn't always had a wrist injury, and it's not the always a thing that prevents him from making cuts. Like he did is. C- ro- did Siwoo get second in two majors this, the, in 2020? Dave, the point I'm making is that you use the fact that he's hit or miss as like a disqualifier of interest in in Siwoo's game when that's not actually a disqualifier of interest for you following players. To I mean, I, that's just what I brought up. Matthew Wolf has a unique swing. He fucking strikes the ball in a way that interests me like it's at a mile and a half yeah like siwoo and matthew wolf are two very different players like to just be like me thinking that i like matthew wolf by just because of the one similarity they have that their games are inconsistent like this is new information though you're saying that you don't like siwoo's game because they play a different style of golf i never said i don't like his game i just said that one thing and you kind of went on a roll with it because it was the one thing you provide for information but Okay, whatever. I, I, I want to keep seeing Siwoo play well. I'm, I'm pissed off that he missed the cut this week. I want to see him keep getting on a heater. And I want to see like someone who doesn't play your traditional bomb and gouge game playing well on tour and you know placing well. Because at the end of the day, if you look at... That's why Patrick Reed is so interesting too is because he doesn't really play the super... He's just a masterful short game artist. And it's, it's cool seeing those other sorts of play styles playing he's well on tour. He's pretty long though too. He's, oh, I mean, another story is Max Homa. Like, I was rooting for Max Homa at American Express. Like, yeah, he, he, he collapsed on Sunday. Yeah, that was brutal. Collapsed. That was who I wanted to see win it. Yep. I mean, that that for sure is another thing at the, the American Express that was pretty brutal to see. And, I mean, he he played well this week, too, though. So, it's not like he's not doing too, too bad. So, you know, he plays decent um, on the West Coast swing, it seems, because he uh, – he started off the season last season pretty well and then kind yeah. of tapered off. But I think that was more – he's playing well before COVID, and then when he came back, he wasn't playing well. Right. I mean, the mole got another top 10 at the American Express. I mean, it is like he is trending well. I agree. I think the, I think the mole is finding, finding some form again. How long it lasts will be a subject uh, of uh, discussion going forward. Who, who, who knows? We'll see. Um, but that brings us up to present. Um, we're back up at the American Express in the schedule as of 2021. And uh, I think what we should jump into now is how did this affect our fantasy league? How are the teams shaking out? Where are we at? And uh, I think it's no better way to start than the guy at the top of the top of the list who's here on the podcast. So and, I'm uh, still at the top of the list after this, after uh, farmer's insurance. <laughs> Yeah, you, you are. Dave. I had no movement. I should still be at 12 points. Right? That is correct. You are still at 12 points and you are still leading the league. You got any you got any words for your squad? Is there any rumblings in the, in the works? Is there any possible 
Italians are will trying you, to get uh, on board. Will you run? <laughs> will you uh, run down who who has like what the point situation is? Yeah, for sure. You have three guys that all have four points. So your twelve points come from three people performing the same level, and that is John Rom with uh, four points from two top ten finishes, I believe, or maybe one top ten and two top twenties. I I don't know. And then you have Harris English who uh, won and then and then missed a cut. Missed and then you have Joaquin Neiman, who has done similar work as two Ron. top tens, but they're actually two second places. Yeah, which is really impressive stuff yeah. from Joaquin Neiman, who's just been playing phenomenal golf. Another person who doesn't come from the United States has a very different game and play style that I think has to do with the fact that they don't play Parkland course in the United States, and he has this low, cool, spinny ball flight, and he just plays completely differently. Like that's the refreshing shit I like to see. All right. The next guy on your list, you have. Uh, without, without, he wanted you to go somewhere, and he just like, yeah, it's great. He's on my team. Yeah. The other three people on your team that don't have any points are Kevin Kisner. Any any words on the kids? Kiz is gonna get you points. Um, I think he's played one tournament. He played at Kapalua, correct? He's a South Georgia boy. The West Coast swings not for him. He he played both the Sony events. He played or he both played the Cap- Hawaii events. Okay. Um, I mean, Kiz. Uh, Kiz was probably the one pick I made on my team that was like, I tried to go into the draft being like, listen, last year you picked Tiger first round for, as like a joke. and Was it a joke? I mean, yeah, it was a, <laughs> a lot of a joke. No, for I, know, sure. I know, I know, I um, But uh, I wanted to pick a team that I thought was going to do well this year. Um, it's and a good Kid, strategy. And Kiz... And Kiz was the one pick where, uh, you know, yeah, it was warrant. Like it could be argued that that was a fine pick there, but I was like, I like Kiz. I want to root for Kiz. I'm going to pick him, and I think he could easily win a tournament this year. And he's gonna. And we count top twenties this year, and he's a middle of the pack, if not to the tire higher, like top twenty area. Like he'll hover around thirty, fifteen, like in that range. And he could rack up some points for me for top 20s and maybe get a win in there somewhere. So, you know, I don't think he's going to lose me points. Uh, he may not be a huge producer, but I think he's going to do something. And like he said, he's a Georgia boy. I don't think the West Coast swing is necessarily the best suit for him. I think it's Hawaii. He won, and he's going to be at the Tournament of Champions. Like, I'm going to bring the fam out there. You know, COVID happened, and we're going to go out there and have a vacation in Hawaii and do our thing out there, you know. They pay a lot for 20th place. That's yeah. where Kiz lives. He's going to be in the top 20 and get you points. He'll be a net positive in my That's opinion. what I think, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then your, uh, your other two fellows are, two Canadians. are Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors. What do you got to say for those boys? Uh, Mackenzie Hughes did give me points, but I think he lost the points from missing the cut this week. That's so right. He got a top ten. He got a top twenty in yeah, at the Sony. 20. Yeah. Um. There, I've got my eye on them, both of them. I think most people's last two picks are fluid a little bit because yeah, you're sure. kind of taking a gamble that late in the. I in the I I like but I I have I I have I'm I'm no different than when I picked them for those two guys. Like I, if I'm gonna drop someone, it's gonna be one of those two. Um, but I they're they're not at this moment. They're not like I'm not thinking about cutting them at this moment. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um. 
but yeah, I'm happy with how my team is done. We're in first place. Um, it feels good. I was disappointed with what Rom did, did this week. I was expecting him to come out today and win this tournament. And I thought I was going to be net positive points for this week. Um, but it didn't happen, but he did get a top 10 and save us from losing points, which I'm appreciative of, but I, you know, I thought that we could do better. Yeah. Um, in second place, we have oops, daddy's home. Uh, his squad consists of Justin Thomas with two points, Hideki Matsuyama with one point, Abraham answer with two points, Brandon Todd with one point, Will Zelatoris with a fresh two more points from this week and Lanto Griffin with another two-pointer for him this week. Um, his squad is honestly an interesting mix of guys. I think he's got the most balanced team in the sense of what they've been earning for him. Everyone's got a point on the board. No one has more than two points, and yet his whole total for his team is 10 points. So um, it's looking pretty solid, um, pretty really really good you know, choices considering the fact that he was the first pick in the draft going with JT, and yet he still managed to put together a solid squad with the snake draft. So pretty good. I would be willing to wager right now, speaking of his team, I think this year Justin Thomas will be the highest point earner, if I had to guess. I think Justin Thomas will win the most points in our fantasy league for the season. I think that dude's always going to hang around in the top 10. He's going to definitely win some tournaments. So um, that would have been your first pick if he went oh, to Oh, a thousand percent. If I was number one, I would have taken JT. <coughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say to that. Like, yeah, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's two years in a row. JT went first. Yeah, yeah. Ando picked him first the year yep. prior, which worked out um, okay. But yeah, both years I wouldn't have picked JT. But uh, yeah, and that's really just what he said on the green. Never mind. Yikes. <laughs> um, the the third place in the league is Bitch Tip Bandits, who made some moves this week with Patrick Reed. <coughs> Cheaters. Uh, uh, <laughs> with uh, Patrick Reed getting his win this week. Uh, so that that team kind of leapfrogged quite a few places to get into third. Um, Patrick Reed was the only only earner this week for that team. There was Sung JM and Jason Kokrak both were actually in a pretty good position at one point on Sunday today to get some points for the team. And they both kind of collapsed. Sungjae specifically, when he got to the back nine on Sunday, brought it in with bogey, 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 double. So five under through four holes. Um, uh, over. Which just not great. Um, uh, so I said Sungjae M and Jason Kokrak for uh, three of his players. And then he has Matthew Fitz, who... Uh, hasn't played an event yet on the PJ Tour, which is kind of what we were suspecting to possibly happen with him, making him kind of a low-value pick in the league. We'll see what that turns into. Um, after that is Billy Horschel, who actually got him a top 10 at the Sony, but missed a cut this week. So it's one point from him. And then um, I'm getting into what I would consider to be the weeds of our fantasy league on on this podcast that people may not care about, but some very funky shit went down <laughs> with bitch tip bandits and the Longfellows with kind of this weird shuffleboard of Takumi Kanaya and Dylan Fratelli. If you guys remember, uh, TJ's team took Takumi Kanaya as their last pick in the draft. And then TJ promptly traded Takumi Kanaya for Dylan Fratelli, which I think is, uh, is a good choice. Who was a, a pickup? 
correct? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a trade. It was a drop. Yeah, a, a drop, drop and a pickup. Yeah, sorry, I, I, I misspoke. So it was a drop and a pickup. And then he had Takumi Kanaya for the first two weeks and then swapped uh, Dylan Fratelli. No, he sorry. He had uh, Dylan Fratelli for the first two weeks after promptly dropping Kanaya before anything really right. even started. Like pretty much almost right after draft. Right night. after you mentioned that you might have picked him. What happened was TJ listened to the podcast, heard that Takami Takuma uh, just wasn't probably a good pick, and he dropped him, picked up Fratelli, the right move, or debatably the right move, and as soon as the Longfellows, Jimmy... Oh, oh, I haven't gotten there yet. So uh, the first thing being, we can, we don't know what prompted TJ to make any of his decisions. All I That's can say, I all, all I can say is that TJ made the drop and pick up for Dylan Fratelli. Whatever motivated him, do not know. <laughs> but uh, I think it's a reasonable thing to do. And then um, what promptly happened after that is after the first two weeks off of the waiver wire, the Longfellows picked up Takumi Kanaya, um, which, you know, was an interesting choice, if I had to say the least. Yeah. But mere moments after Takumi Kanaya was picked up off the waiver wire, TJ had buyer's remorse. He uh, <laughs> he he felt like, oh gosh, did I did I fuck up? Did I? I don't know. I'm speaking for TJ with out of hand. But the main thing being here is that he then just re-offered to trade uh, Dylan Fratelli for Takumi Kanaya that. Long the Longfellows picked up off the waiver wire, and then, without any hesitation, the Longfellows agreed to the trade, <laughs> and they got Dylan Fratelli. So now Takumi Kanaya, after a drop pickup from another team, and then prompt trade, is now back on the bitch tit bandits. So a real interesting unfold of the first month of this fantasy league. Essentially, so, just a waste of an ad drop. It feels like a weird situation. Yeah. <laughs> I it, don't know. He pretty much used an ad drop to add the same person he dropped. Also, don't listen to this podcast for fantasy advice. There are other places you can go. Uh, it was are, a weird but, move. Uh, I don't think there's any fantasy golf that is as integral as our fantasy league. Or can well, we... Look, look here, here. Here's the kid big, has an algorithm. Here's the real. <laughs> here's the real deal. Here is that you know both of them had their reservations about picking predominantly Euro Turo Turo playing with Euro Turo <laughs> Euro Turo. Um, cause, I imagine cause, like a bull, right? Like, <laughs> the Euro Turo is out. To get it. Toro, yeah, like oh yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the. Because the Longfellows to pick up Dylan Fratelli dropped Victor Perez, who's a predominantly Euro tour 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 almost <laughs> tour. We're so close. We're Euro <laughs> tour player, and uh, so that was a good choice because you know even this week on the European tour, um, Turo. <laughs> the European tour, um, Victor Perez missed the cut, so like it wouldn't have affected his team because we're not taking into account the European tour, but it shows form, right? And then TJ getting buyers and Morrison getting Takumi Kanaya back may not have been too bad of a decision because Kanaya was actually playing because he had an availability start on the European tour this week and he got a top 10. There's no points for it in our league, but maybe he's trending if he gets back on the PGA tour and has some yeah, exemptions. Euro yeah. tour is kind of like minor league. So Turo. Yeah. The, the European Turo is kind of like the minor league to me, though. <laughs> yeah. 
If you're playing, if you're rolling with the big boys, you're on the PGA tour, especially at Torrey Pines. Yeah, yeah I, I on think the West Coast. I think yeah. it. I think it really just depends on what the strength of field is, because there's definitely some tournaments like the Scottish Open or even the Abu Dhabi event that just sure. happened. It, that like, I mean, sure, there are select events that you know. Like great, that's a good win. I mean, Rick won the Scottish Open. Yeah, I knew uh, I wasn't gonna get. I, I knew was gonna I, was, say we I wasn't gonna get any pushback on the Scottish Open. I knew that when I said it. Um, the the main thing being though is that, like, well, it remains to be seen with Kanaya. Sure. Like who who knows? Um, it you know I I can understand someone who dropped a guy out of fear, kind of from peer pressure on Dylan Fratelli and wanting his guy back and having his original squad to kind of like perform for him. Because like I'm dealing with similar reservations right now with my team. We'll oh get to it. Oh my god! But <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll get to your team. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> uh, whoa, easy, 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 easy. So, um, you know, to 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 kind of come to a, a fruition on his team, kind of a closing remarks about the bitch tip bandits. You know, third place is a strong placement. There's he's not sharing it with anybody else. Like he's alone in solo third, and. As much as I hate Patrick Reed, he's an incredibly good golfer. And clearly with no consequence, he will continue to rack up points for his team. And, you know, TJ has said that Patrick Reed's more of the Robin to Sung J.M.'s Batman. And, like, as much as I fucking love that, as much as I, I love the idea of Patrick Reed being the little the little guy compared to Sung J, because I truly do, and I will say this on this podcast, I think Sung J.M. is a top 10 player in the world and i will stand by that statement i would say even on his best day he's probably a top five player in the world but at the end of the day we'll see how it shakes out in the at the end of the season i wouldn't be surprised if the top earner in the league is sung jay because he plays every goddamn event i thought i made it abundantly clear patrick reed is bucky barnes <laughs> don't give me this batman robin shit that's an entirely Dude, different you, universe if you get to like one just... more marvel reference i'm gonna lose it <laughs> you went dc on me it's garbage he's not batman or robin I was saying what TJ said. I was reiterating his words. He's wrong. Bucky Barnes. Now moving 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 down into tied for fourth, we have three separate teams at seven points. Uh, The first team being Hale's Handicap Hunks, um, who didn't have anyone in the field this week besides Jason Day, and he, he missed the cut. I think the beard isn't working for him. I I, I think his new he look, his mixed has bag, six different companies in his bag. Yeah. <laughs> Do you so, think the beard affects his back at all? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It makes him hunch over, and he has to like, oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I I don't know. It's it's a good question. You know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe all of a sudden. Same. I think the biggest problem. I think he probably could have been in the top ten in this tournament if he continued to use the spider putter. Mm. I think the resentment. Spider for, boys unite. He, listen, he had. Hold on. I don't know if TaylorMade dropped him or not. I have no idea, but it you seems don't. like that is the case. Or they didn't pay him what he wanted, so he's like, listen, I'm out of here because I didn't get what I want. What I don't know what the situation is, regardless of any of that. He obviously has a mixed bag right now. He's playing weird clubs, whatever he wants to play. His best thing about his game was his putting, and he got rid of the spider. His best thing about his game and went to an Odyssey double dot. I don't even know what he's doing. Double ball. Double ball. Bad move. Bad move. That's out of the rough golf podcast. We're reporting that live. (laughs) J-Day is no longer with Taylor (laughs) May. So the the thing with that is, are any of his clubs Taylor made? Or all six of the club companies, someone else besides Taylor made? I'm pretty sure. 
That didn't answer my question. Which? Yeah, I don't know. So the way reporting, I'm works. pretty sure, but I don't know which one is it. Does he have any tailor-made clubs in the bag? I don't know. You said six companies. Do you know what the six companies I were? Heard six six, six com- is a lot. I know. You heard think six companies. Com- I of just them. can't even. How do you how do you divide that up? I is heard like, six companies on the broadcast. Is they this said it. Nine iron through seven iron is Taylor. Dave clearly doesn't know. But six the, iron up is title. The, 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 the thing I'm trying to stress out here is that if he has no Taylor made clubs in the bag, then he can't play a spider. Listen, he has a beard. Why? Why couldn't he play a spider? No, I mean, like out of principle is the reason. Like he's no. like choosing not to play a spider. Yeah, because out of spite. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like that's the reason you don't see yes. a spiders if he doesn't yeah, have any so, other tailor made clubs. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Okay, that's Dave. I don't think he thought he was going to be putting significantly worse without the spider. Like he you're known. using a single tournament sample size for this, which is fine. Again, yeah. we're reporting live. <laughs> I'm doing that. Uh, in my opinion. I don't think he should have taken the spider out of the bag. Never take the spider out of the bag. Never do. Spider you guys boys. aren't at all a little bit biased in this. <laughs> Not at all. Hey, I made nine footer today with a spider. <laughs> nine footer. I don't even play a spider. I play a Scotty Cameron Select Newport. Two. How proud Since you were about your nine footer. It was a damn good putt. <laughs> made me thirty dollars. I have no bias towards the spider. I play a Scotty. Bullshit. <laughs> And what I'm saying is, J Day shouldn't have took the spider. He out owns a Scotty. He doesn't play. A I was Scottie. gonna say the Scotty's <laughs> in the garage. It might as well be under a tarp somewhere. It's a tarp. Um. So the, yeah. No, I'm a spider boy. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Own it. Not quite a spider man. But a spider boy. <laughs> spider pig. Spider pig. Um, the rest of her team uh, has been performing a bit better than Jason Day. He's the only player on his team, her team, without uh, with negative points. So even the zero pointers, uh, Adam Long, who hasn't even played an event yet, is outperforming Jason Day. <laughs> so uh, I'll work up from her team since I just mentioned Adam Long, who has zero points. Then Russell Henley, who has uh, a top twenty and then a missed cut. Um, Jason Day, who has minus one. Paul Casey, who actually won on the European mm-hmm. Tour uh, this week. Zero uh, points. Uh, <laughs> but zero points for winning the European Tour event, but did get a top 10 at the American Express. Then got on a plane and flew to the Middle East and then promptly landed. Didn't even really sleep, apparently, and then went out and fucking won the tournament. So, And that's more evidence that it is more of a minor league. Or it's evidence that flying private is a great idea. Or it's like Paul Casey is fucking on a heater and he's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I doubt he would have won the Farmers. I'm just out on Paul Casey. And then uh, up, up from there on her second pick was Daniel Berger, who actually, for the first two events of the season, the only events that he's played in for the Fantasy League, got a two top tens, 2-2. Two, two. So, you know, props to Daniel Berger. You know, he was on my squad for the tail end of the season. And look, he... I, I think he's a great pickup. I think that was probably possibly her best selection given the round that it was picked in when she had the opportunity. Um, and then her, her first pick in the draft was, was Bryson DeChambeau at uh, two points. And the who only reason I say it's not a good... didn't play, which blows my mind. I feel like the past... He's got a the, mental injury. He, he, he won the U.S. Open and is not going to play the venue of the U.S. Open coming up just... Like he's, he could play it, just get a get a get around in a competitive round in at the U.S. Open. 
coming up. He's actively battling a mental issue. What are you talking about? He came out and said that he's having some mental stuff that he's trying to overcome. Oh, I didn't hear anything about that. No. I hope he's doing well. Yeah, I think he's doing well. I think it's probably just too many protein shakes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to downplay is. anything that could be around that. So I, I hope he's doing well. I don't like Bryson DeChambeau that much, but I don't wish ill mental ill on no, anybody. I don't think he, it, it's a golf mental issue. It's not a mental oh, okay. issue. Uh, oh, so it's like his alpha waves or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, Regardless, I, again, I I, also, I don't think he should have. He he should have at least gone out there and come in to each Dave, hole. He, he still has an opportunity to go play the venue before the event. He didn't like go play a tour tour event at Winged Foot before he won that one. So I think it's going to be okay for him. Bryson, I hope all is well. I do not mean to speak ill about you. <laughs> don't beat me up. And I wasn't trying to make you sound like a dick <laughs> or anything like that. I was just listen. I was talking about the JT thing earlier. Like anybody that gives a fuck, like it's a podcast. It's in light. Like we're being we're being joking. We're joking people. Like it's all good. Like all fun and games, kids. Yes. Like no one gives a fuck except for you. The uh, the next team on the the list of squads tied at fourth is Kling's Dynasty. Um, mm, I Kling. love you. Kling. Should we? Can we call him into the podcast right now? Do we have an Holy extra hour? Shit, we haven't prepared I'm at joking. all. <laughs> I'm joking. And we all know Clint, he would we take love over you. The conversation. I just didn't. We I don't have two more hours. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So his team, honestly, it's got seven points and it's only points from two people. Um. And. I think for for a lot of us out there, it's probably mostly just because two of his strongest competitors haven't played a PJ sure. Tour event. Tyrrell Hatton has already won, and Tommy Fleetwood has been playing okay on the European Tour. Not like the best, but like he's at least trending back to better form than what he was previously at. I will but we'll re see. Reemphasize the minor league thing. Tommy Fleet was on my team. Thank last you year. for the third time that you've mentioned that. Well, I, I, do you think Tyrrell Hatton should be a top? five player in the world no but that's not just affirmation of your point the only thing like clearly you still have to play well to like win like you don't just like get handed a european tour yeah okay they're playing well but it's not like you know they would have earned points for his team at the very least by this point maybe but you so know. you guys are they the mindset not, they might not have got a top twenty. I don't know. You guys are of the mindset that not T. Earl Hatton or Tommy Fleetwood would have gotten at least a top twenty. And I don't know. I'm fairly certain Tommy Fleetwood was a negative point earner for me last year, and that's all I can say about Tommy Fleet is that I think he lost points for my team last year. Regardless, it's indifferent. I don't know if they would have gotten a top twenty. You can't say they're playing in a minor league. Okay, I'm, I'm quickly scanning through our league, and the first six teams that I'm looking at, seven teams, at least one person and everyone's second and third pick has earned points so far in four four tournaments. Okay. I think it's safe to assume that at least one of those people would have earned points for that team. Sorry if I'm using quantitative evidence to substantiate my claim. I mean, like I said indifferent i don't know anywho the the other people on his team besides tommy fleetwood and Tyrrell hatton are colin morikawa's first pick with the highest points on his team with four points yep. and then below that you have louis eustason with with zero points but he played his first start this week at tory pines and he didn't miss a cut which is you know at least better than a lot of people can say on the tour um 
so far in our league. And then his other points earner on his team is Mark Leishman with three points, which is, I think, outperforming a lot of people's expectations. Yes. He struggled for Dave last season, and I'm happy to see the leash you know, doing well again. He properly distracted himself with his beer company. He released Leishman Lagers, free ad for that guy. Uh, good Send stuff for some. him. Uh, so cool. Kudos to him for for playing well at the Sony and this week at the at the Farmers. And you know, that's a good course for Leishman. He won it last year. And yep. uh, you know, all the best to Leish. I hope he does well. Uh, rounding out the rest of uh, Clint's team, we got Ian Poulter. Don't know why I picked him. He never plays well besides the Ryder Cup. He's a um, good farter. <laughs> Um, the, you know, maybe scrape something out for him, but I, I don't know. I don't think he's going to get much starts out of him to begin with. We'll, we'll see what that materializes into. I might eat crow later about it. I, I don't know. Who, who, who's to say, um, a lot of volatility on this next team. Uh, we we're dealing with the last person tied in fourth, which is Mitchapalooza. Um, Mitchapalooza's team is kind of being spearhead right now by the man Xander, uh, X going to give it to you with, uh, four points. Uh, he he played well at Kapalua as he normally does with the top ten, and then he got top ten this week at the Farmers Insurance, yep. which is actually really good to see because I want to see him trending well for the U.S. Open. And for a lot of people that were kind of using like the, it's a home it's a home field advantage for Xander. He grew up in San Diego. He went to San Diego State. He's played Torrey Pines all the time. Like he weirdly wasn't playing well there for quite a few years until this year. So it's cool to see him kind of find his form there, maybe get over the hometown jitters. You just downplayed my entire argument. Our entire argument that Xander's good on the West Coast, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see what he does. Downplayed your, your argument that he's he doesn't play well on the no, West Coast. No, that he does. I was gonna say it's the West Coast. Xander's gonna do well. We'll see what happens when we move forward. Yeah, I mean he, I don't think he has like some sort of like innate reason why he plays um, better out there or any information that would uh, kind of he results puts, oriented. Puts that he, well and. He would be used to POA more than most people, which I guess is, is good, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think generally Xander plays right around the same level just about everywhere. I think his game just travels. Yeah, Xander's a great player. Um, second pick in the league uh, for Mitch's team was Brooks Kepka. I think we all would say picking Brooks in the second round is completely reasonable, no matter at what point you would have picked him. Like You just don't know what you're going to get right now with him. Um, you know His health is up and down in terms of his like physical injuries or whatever else is going on, and he didn't play either of the first two events in Hawaii, and then he played both events in California so far uh, at Palm Springs and then here at San Diego, and he missed both cuts. So uh, it, it's it's not a good look. Uh, it's, it might bite him in the ass here. He might end up being dropped. Who knows? <laughs> Brooks who plays knows? well in majors. I, I, as someone who was at the tail end of the draft, I passed on Brooks twice with my end of the first round and second round pick, but I definitely thought about him. Um, he could go out and crush it, but he doesn't look like he's in form right now. So who knows? I actually really like that take because you did get to pass on him twice. Mm -hmm. That was my take. I agree. No, I I know. It's just good information to have because like you had an opportunity to get him twice and you were like, nah, hopefully it doesn't bite me in the ass. And he's in my wolf pack and it doesn't feel good to hear it. And speaking of who he picked instead of Brooks Kepka. Wolf, he he did Wolfie. wolf pack and he picked wolf. Look, thoughts and prayers. I hope the wrist heals up. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll, we'll get to him here shortly because um, you're, you're you're well you're the next team on the list after this is finished up uh, from Mitchapalooza. But uh, third on his on his pick list was uh, Adam Scott, who's got him two points for his team right now. 
Um, you know, the first two Hawaii events, he didn't miss the cut, uh, but he didn't get him any points either. And then he skipped Palm Springs, but then he came in and got a top 10 this week. Um, so Adam Scott, clearly his priorities, as he stated, is like, I care about the, like the big events. And he knows with the U S open coming up at Torrey Pines, he's getting his fucking reps in at that course. And he's taking that seriously. Um, so, you know, looking good for him. He plays well at major events. Um, Adam Scott might be a big earner for Mitchell Palooza this season. Who knows? Um, next one on that list was Doc Redman. Uh, he actually has negative points for Mitch's team as well, um, and he missed the cut this week. That's what caused it. He's played the two California events so far and isn't quite getting the points for uh, Mitch's team as he needs. Uh, someone I think that might come as a surprise uh, to his team uh, as a, a the a tied high earner uh, with Sandra Schauffele is Ryan Palmer. Uh, <laughs> you know, Mitch has been riding hard for Palmer in the group uh, text, and, you know, I can't really fault him for it. He, he, the very first event of the season, he got a top 10 for him at Kapalua. And then this week, another hard, the hardest field, I would say of the first four, uh, of the first four events, considering there was a full field and, and hard people there, like Ryan Palmer showing up, he, he's showing up for him. <laughs> and I'm kind of a little bit confounded by it. I, it'll die off. <laughs> <laughs> it'll we'll come back to reality with Ryan Palmer and he's going to just come to a halt. Yeah. He plays great when his partner is John Rahm. Either way, if I might eat my words here, but he he's going to come back to reality. Do you think he's going to finish with negative points for his team after he has four now? So he's going to have more than four missed cuts and no more points earned. I don't know, but I don't think he's going to be in the top I, so we have six people. I think he'll be in the bottom half of his team for sure. Of his team, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about like the whole league? Out of the six you guys were picked, is he in the bottom half of earners? A hundred percent. Okay. Um, the roundup Mitchell Palooza's team. He has his young buck Sam Burns, who got a top twenty this week, which offset his miscut in Palm Springs. So. Uh, to round his team, you know, he has two guys with negative points and three guys with points and then one guy who's neutral. So a lot of kind of volatility within his team as far as disparities and, and earning. He kind of has uh, a little bit of everything going on, which is, you know, interesting. I think Mitchell Palooza's team is a is an interesting one to watch. The next one, I'll, I'll give you your opportunity to speak on it. Uh, you Your team has six points right now. Uh, you lost points this week. No other movement besides that. Um, you got a chance to kind of speak on your team do you need me to break down the points for each guy or anything like that or so what i'll say is obviously wolf got hurt that's a withdrawal that's negative points that i wasn't expecting wolf is going to have an opportunity to to hang in all of the majors which i think is really important um same thing with webb he's going to be right there in the mix um i will say i think we're going to learn through this year that draft position is really important. I think the top four guys earn the most points. We saw that out of Ando last year. Um, and so we're going to hope that all my boys get a lot of top tens. I'm not counting on a ton of wins. I think Wolfie might have a couple. I think Webb might have some. Uh, Kevin Na snuck one in for me last week. So we're going to hang in there. The optimism is is low at this point in the team, but I think we've got a lot of guys that are going to be in the mix, and we'll see how the points break down. Fair enough. So just do a quick uh, recap on your points. You got Webb with three points, Matthew Wolf with negative one, Gary Woodland with one point, Matt Kuchar with negative one point, Kevin Nob with the highest points in your team with four points, and then Lee Westwood with zero points because he's never going to play on this tour. Um, 
jumping to the next team. We've got Andos. <laughs> Fair. Um, I'd like to say Lee Westwood was picked just for the W in his name. I was doing a W thing. He's going to get dropped very soon. We'll make a pickup. Handle that. Uh, Gerdog is my guy. I'm a Gary Woodland fan. I just like rooting for him. I thought it'd be fun to have him on my team. He's going to hang around in the majors as well. And that's all I got. Yeah, so you're in uh, solo seventh, I believe, is what it at what, what you're at, and so jumping to the eighth team, uh, the previous season's winner, uh, Ando's team, uh, with uh, four points, his highest earner is in fact Tony Finau with back-to-back weeks, uh, you know, top fiving actually. He's gonna um, do a lot of top twos. So you know, good, good for good for him with that pickup with Tony Finau in the second round. I think that was a great pickup considering his draft position. Um, and you know, you can't fault him for that. Uh, Dustin Johnson, who has one point for his team with his first pick in the draft, clearly a good decision. Clear, like basing on where he got him in the draft, I think he got him at, as a fourth. fifth position or fourth. No, uh, I think Haley was the fourth pick. I was the second. Dave was the third. Tyler was the first. Yeah, I think so. I think fifth. Ando was the fifth. Um, so that that was uh, that was a great choice. Uh, he hasn't played since Kapalua, so it'll be interesting to see what happens when he comes back. I think he'll he'll likely you know obviously play pretty well. It'll just be a, a matter of. Uh, how well does he play? Like, I, I like, is he going to win five times or is he going to get a bunch of top tens? Sure. It's, it's, who knows? I mostly just didn't pick him because I, I'm trying to root for other people. But, Clearly. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, so, uh, third pick for his team was Cameron Smith, who unfortunately missed a cut this week and thus has negative points for his team. Uh, same exact thing with Bubba Watson, negative points this week for missing the cut this week. Tiger Woods, who hasn't played any events this week, recently had back surgery is reported to come back in time for the Masters. We'll see what happens. Um, Sergio Garcia with one point. He got it at Kapalua, and that's what he's gotten from so far. So Ando's team kind of quiet right now. Um, nothing too crazy going on, but I think his team is really geared to possibly get into form later in the season. Bubba Watson always plays great at Riviera, so maybe you'll get some points there. Um, you know, we'll see. Well, and I think they reported that Charlie Woods is going to hit all of Tiger's tee shots from the red tees at the masters mm. so that'll be helpful they have red tees at the masters yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. and charlie will be hitting okay he's gonna give his dad a thumb up okay um now in ninth place in the, in the <laughs> fantasy league uh we have the Longfellows. uh the highest earning um, points for the Longfellows is patrick cantley with three points and then quickly uh, followed up by victor hoffman with two points getting it this week um, Shane Lowry hasn't played on the tour this week. Justin Rose hasn't played on the tour, not this week, but this so far on the PGA tour this season. <laughs> um, Justin Rose, same exact thing. Uh, Ches Reeve, negative one points for missing the cut at Palm Springs. And then we circle back to the clusterfuck that is the Dylan Fratelli, Victor Perez. Let's thing. not dive back in. Neither of them have gotten points for his team yet. And that's, you know, the long fellows in ninth place. <laughs> now, now let's just take a moment to pause for a minute. Uh, oh obviously no one has heard me speak on my team yet. And that's because my team is in last place. <laughs> it's because they're bad. And uh, my team isn't just in last place. The the ninth place team <laughs> is uh, tied actually for for eighth with Andos Stephen Longfellow with four points. My team is at an astonishing negative five points. After this is the guy with the events. algorithm, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, he has the algorithm. <laughs> he has gotten his spreadsheet. He, going. he was telling everyone how to pick. <laughs> So if you guys recall from the draft, uh, I had an algorithm and then I knowingly just didn't go through with it and said I picked with my heart. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's Weird not disparage move. my algorithm because I knowingly didn't follow it. Then why did you do the algorithm? <laughs> because he wanted to tell us he was smarter than us. 
I mean, but no one got to see anything he had put down. No, I did. I showed people. You it. Showed, showed Ryan. People I saw and and Clint and Jimmy. Everyone but you, basically, Dave. I didn't need to see it. I'm in first place. Well, because <laughs> <laughs> so you know this this my team is very much a team I enjoy rooting for, and uh, you know this week was especially brutal for my team. It it. <laughs> It, it it's honestly kind of astonishing how bad my team did this week. It's not. I think it is considering the position that let's say Scotty Scheffler was in after the first round, which was T second, and then he followed up with a seven over on Friday and missed the cut on the number. He's All not good on your team. Is I'm it's happy bad to vibes. say that Rick did not miss the cut and do any disservice to Kid's team this week. That is true. Um, that that is definitely true. the The fact of the matter is is that Scotty Scheffler. I love the guy. I am not dropping Scheffler right now. Or you know what? I'll make I'll stand by the fact that I am not dropping Scheffler this season. I am oh, standing by man. Him. Oh man. It's on the pod. It's Put recorded. that down on paper, man. Get a fucking We got it recorded. Yeah. No I, need for paper. I uh I won't be dropping Scheffler. Do you know a notary? I, yeah, I got one. Wait, let's get it notarized. Yeah. You Scheffler will not be dropped this season. Notary. Yeah. Notary. No, just notary. notary. <laughs> That's how that works, right? Um, notary. I, I think it should be it should be highlighted, though, that it is frustrating the fact that he was T-second after the first round, shot a seven over the following day, and then missed the cut on the number, just like the week before when he missed the cut on the number again, which is just astonishing stuff from the chef who damn near won Palm Springs last year. It's, it's, it's just kind of wild. And, you know, I'm not... I, I was just kind of flabbergasted by it. And I was like, look, that hurt a little bit. And that would have hurt by itself. But it also was coupled with three other people, people missing the cut on my team. <laughs> three other people. All of my team was on, was in the field this week. And four of the six missed the cut. Cameron Champ shot a seven over. The same as Scheffler on Friday to miss the cut. Like insane. He was comfortably. He was like T20th after the first round fucking blew it by by a fucking mile and then we'll get to Spieth here in a minute but let me just highlight that Joel Damon didn't even <laughs> sniff under par this this week it was crazy he wasn't he was like almost I think he might have been second to last in the field it was unreal like I couldn't I couldn't possibly fathom someone doing worse in a week than how that so, went kid unfortunately you're gonna lo- learn a lesson that Dave and I as degenerate gamblers have learned long ago <laughs> you cannot bet with your heart well i mean i'm i picked with my heart because i enjoy rooting for these people i, I hear you and our amount of entry into this league isn't enough for me to pick against my heart i hear you i'm just saying as someone who has bet with their heart it never goes well so i i hope the best for you coming from the guy who just parlayed his favorite team's yes. go at the at the super yes. bowl yes so and it's gonna be great ta- you can't even take it's your gonna own be advice great gonna be great look as degenerates we learn the hard way it sounds like you're, you Go might Chiefs. learn it away the same way again <laughs> and then you, you know the the big the big thing being here um is honestly jordan missed a cut this week but he was showing flashes of really great play and kind of in a different way than he did last season so i'm actually not completely like disparaged by speed yeah he kind of clasped but like everybody else he kind of missed it right there too so I'm a little bit less worried about Spieth as I am someone like Joel Damon. And 
believe it or not, Cameron Champ, who also missed the cut this week at Torrey Pines after playing pretty well the first round and then just shitting the bed the following round. So it's my team is in a rough spot, and it's it's not a surprise. I I, I talked about on the on the on the draft that like my team is either gonna like just catapult and do amazing <laughs> the, but the ceiling is really high and the floor is really fucking low what's and, the breakdown for points though like who who is it's not good so obviously there's no producers so i'm gonna like- i'm gonna highlight five people right quick scheffler has negative one points ricky has zero points speed has ooh, negative ooh, one ooh, points ooh. joel damon has negative two points camera champ has negative two points so joel damon has only played in two events and he's missed the cut in both so far so We'll see what it turns into, but all I'm saying is that like I have bigger fish to fry than Scotty Scheffler on my team right now when it comes to adding and dropping. Their people. names are Jordan Spieth. Look, By the way, my Venmo is open. Anyone that wants a Jordan Spieth wager, let me know. The but th- that this Jordan is, Spieth will have more major wins than Gary Woodland over the course of their careers. That's not what I was looking for. But hundred dollars, not what I'm looking for. Hundred dollars. <laughs> I meant moving forward. No, I'm not interested in that wager. So Jordan wins. <laughs> so yes. So I think Jordan does win that conversation. Okay. There's a lot to be disappointed about with my team, and just generally, it's not being like super stoked on. But the main thing that I am most disappointed on on my team has to do with the guy that I haven't talked about yet, which was my first pick in the draft, Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy did something this week that I can't actually conscientiously support. And I think, unlike the PGA Tour, I have some punitive action for Rory McIlroy on my team. Let's talk trades. <laughs> the main thing being here is that I have to make some executive decisions with my squad to show that we respect the integrity of the game. Let's talk and trades. What, and what should be happening in my squad. And what I'm saying right now on this fucking podcast is I am suspending Rory McIlroy <laughs> from earning points on my team. He can still lose points, but he cannot earn points for my team for the next three starts that he's in. He's essentially benched. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That's a terrible idea. That's the worst idea I've ever heard. I believe in consequences. Look, here, kid. If you really, really <laughs> want to get him off your hands, I've got Lee Westwood. You can just get him off your team. Your conscience will be clean. I'm just saying. Roy McIlroy is benched. Do you benched. feel like TJ should do the same on his team? So... It's a great question that I was going no, to transition. It's actually a negative. <laughs> the, Sorry. The main point I'm I was going to, to hear kids' opinion on the situation. We we should keep interrupting him. Then. <laughs> That's what we should do. So, to to wrap up my team, I was going to extend the same courtesy to TJ to take the opportunity to also acknowledge the fact that there should be punitive action for this. And I, my team right now is at negative one point or negative five points because Rory McIlroy has a single point for my team. I would like to relinquish that point because he cheated to get there. Dave, I think as the three of us with microphones in front of us, we should be allowed to vote on that. And I think we should support kids self-punishment. I no, uh, well, I couldn't honestly agree anymore with him. <laughs> I really, I, I, I think really it's the couldn't. right thing to do kid. Uh, and I support your action. No, I honestly think TJ should do it too. I agree. I think TJ should have to. I, I will state that in in our fantasy league rules, 
and Dave and I are both commissioners in it. There's nothing stated that there's repercussion actions for what would essentially be yeah, a blatant is, a cheating kid offense. Kid is literally volunteering that in the next three weeks, Rory McIlroy will not get any points, but can have points deducted from himself. <laughs> exactly. And he is also re- relinquishing his one point earned this week. That is correct as well. So uh, I don't know if TJ is actually going to hear this. It may be relayed to him in the golf message. Um I doubt he is going to act on it. He'll probably keep the points he earned from his win with Patrick Reed. But, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes from there. But Here's that is what, what's happening. Let's let's push this even further. TJ, if you hear this on the pod, you don't have to relinquish those points. If you do not hear it on this pod, then the points are relinquished. <laughs> so unless you listen to all two and whatever hours as, of this podcast. as commissioner for this league i don't say that's what's going to happen but i will state that i will open up the opportunity for him to follow as such by also understanding that he has more to lose from this for me rory only got one point he kind of shit the bed on the back nine this week and patrick reed got him five points this week so i understand the 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 gravity of the situation when you've got skin in the game with money. All I'm saying is that I value integrity and playing the game as it should be played. And I actually sort of believe that Rory probably feels the way too, that way too. He might've just been complacent or negligent in the situation, but it doesn't change the outcome to me. And for me, I can't operate in a world where I'm condoning that sort of activity and that sort of play. And so, yes, I'm relinquishing this and the following three events uh, that he plays in, not just weeks, the next three events that he plays in. Whoever, however long that may be. That might be the fucking players or the masters by the time he shows up again. And you know what? I'll take the lumps on that. You're a gentleman and a scholar, and it's a terrible idea, and you're going to be held to it. I I mean, I respect the fuck out of it. I actually agree with it. I mean, Rory is on my shit list. Um, my shit list is actually residing with Rory and Reed. Rory, Reed, and Bryson. Why is Bryson on your shit list? Oh, because he was. What do you scummy? mean? Why is Bryson on someone's shit list? I mean, look, I don't like him, but I don't know the the rules of his shit list. I, I that's really what I was asking is what the fuck are the rules of your shit list? Cheaters. Eh. Okay. Fair enough. Yes. Moving forward, kid relinquishes you know, the points. I, three weeks moving. You know, forward. I don't really like having. Two of those guys on that shit list. No, yeah. I don't either. I mean, Rory is part of my wolf pack, and I'm not saying I denounce him from my wolf pack, but at the end of the day, like a parent, you have to be able to set an example and punish <laughs> and have some consequence. You have to be like a parent and punish yourself <laughs> for someone else's actions that you can't control. <laughs> I mean, what kind of leader am I if I can't stand by my guys and at the end of the day i gotta show and lead them by example if i'm the coach in this locker room i can't let my fucking players be cheating out there i love whether your he, morals as a wh- hypothetical wh- coach wh- whether he intended to do it or not i don't operate in the business of intent i operate in the business of results <laughs> i love this so much so after that amendment <laughs> After that amendment, my team has now dropped another point. We are now sitting at negative six points for the league, which is low. Which <laughs> Not is good. Which is 18 points clear of the leader in the clubhouse right now. Um, uh, Andy won by like 30-something last year. You're still fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm still taking my lumps with making my highest points earner inactive and bench for the three. <laughs> it was a weird move. 
But I mean, at the end I of the day, I respect it. I respect the hell out of it. You know, I was contemplating the uh, the drop of him because of it, the principal. But I think you guys are all scumbags, and you'll just pick him up. <laughs> yes. And the the fact of the matter is, is that the only way to effectively punish him from doing points for this league is to bench him, <laughs> and make sure that no one else can have him. Fully support the decision. <laughs> so that will be the bow on the fantasy recap and update. But as far as those of you listening from the fantasy league, Rory is benched and we will continue monitoring the situation and see if he's going to be on the, the track of improvement interior. If he's going to be cleaning up his act. And I would like to see the same courtesy taken across the, the fantasy league going forward. If your guys are doing suspect shit, you know, stand up for your fucking squad, have some respect for your other playing partners that are in your team. You know, Rory did the rest of the league dirty this week. And that, you know, maybe, maybe fucking one of these guys that played this week, like, let's see here. We got uh, Will Zalatoris. No, he did great. Good, good, good job, Will Zalatoris. Way to go. <laughs> maybe, maybe Corey Connors would have gotten into the top. Tw- maybe Corey Ta- Connors would have gotten into the top 20 if fucking Rory hadn't have done what he did. Like, you don't know what the ripple effect would have been here. I mean, uh, combine that ripple with fucking Patrick Reed, and it could be a fucking catastrophe. Tony Will Zaldores could have won this tournament. <laughs> so here's what it comes down to, man. The, the main thing being is that, you know, there will be some amendments and changes to the rules uh, in the league next season, but I can't change those actively going on. But you got you to gotta have some principles, and that's, that's where this is shaking out. Let it be known, Team Long and Straight is willing to accept all of those who are willing to bend the rules in their favor. That's all I'll say. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No integrity <laughs> here. I'm in it for the W. That's all That's all I've got, folks. And Rory, if you're disappointed in your benching. That's all spoke, I had on the agenda. We spoke subtly about the Wolf Pack, and I have one thing to say about my Wolf Pack. If those of you that are new listeners or don't know what the Wolfpack is, it is a group of golfers who is just a part of your Wolfpack, a part of your crew, a group of your guys. Your ride or dies. Yeah, the guys you like to watch on tour, the guys that you root for to win tournaments, the guys that you like to swing golf club, the guys that you just you know are always backing. And my wolf cat pack consisted of one, me. <laughs> <laughs> it should be known that you just used the word or the phrase wolf pack to describe your wolf pack. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Dave. Moving forward. I'm sorry. Uh, just so people know that there, there's traditionally five people in a wolf pack. So yeah. Dave had to clear up a spot for himself. Because he t- he took it he had, he took a spot so it's my wolf pack I want to be a part of my wolf pack. that's fair I get it. Right, we get it, nobody dude. wants that, to be a lone wolf go exactly. ahead exactly keep going so and then of course my next guy Rick Ricky Fowler part of my wolf pack of course yes of course it then, should go without saying <laughs> <laughs> should go without saying then I have the golden boy Speed of course of, of course. course yes of course in my wolf pack and then. Who other than Matthew Wolf? Of it's course, in the name. Of, of course. course, of course, yes. In the Wolf Pack, then we have Brooks. Who? You're on thin ice. <laughs> oh my God, the Wolf Pack gets tighter. So I think here's the big deal: is that like 
a wolf pack there sh- you have you, you should have to do some serious shit to be kicked out of a wolf pack like being kicked out oh, of a wolf pack not, is like it's like eating out. the young yeah, like yeah. he's not kicked out but you're I'm saying not, thin ice like yeah, what, did, what, thin ice. what did he do to put himself on thin ice um, was it the Sports Illustrated issue? Because that's the only thing no. I can. Really... I was gonna say Michelob Ultra. No, it Those was. Uh, it was kind of the shade he threw at DJ at the PGA Championship. They got in a fight. <laughs> I, I mean, that whatever. predated him being in his Wolfpack. Though. Regardless, regardless, really? like was... you know, you gotta respect DJ's career. Like just being like, you know, I got four of these. You know, he's got one. Sure. I'm a ballish. I call a 20 inch blades Impala kind of guy, and. Uh, I mean, DJ has won every single year he's been a part of the PGA Tour. I think uh, season every single season. Yeah, there's there's a, there a, a year where he didn't get one, but he got a rollover from it. Yeah. Did we really just mumble over each other? <laughs> yes, we that's did. great we, podcasting. Yeah, exactly. That's what they want to hear. They're not listening. Still. He won every season. He missed a year, but he got the wraparound uh, win. Okay, yeah. every single season. Regardless, <laughs> it's an insane career. He is put up and you know it's brooks being brooks um you know i lean into some of the shit he does and at other times i don't all i'm saying is oh uh, oh, let's just reiterate that on this very podcast maybe the first or second episode of this thing dave flexed and said brooks will have 10 if not more majors than 10 by the end of his career just so we that's not impossible still at this point no, it's not impossible. And I mean, this is we're still talking about a Brooks guy that's also in, doesn't care. We're still talking about a guy that's in my wolf pack. Like I like Brooks. Like I like the his golf thing. game. So what's so what's going on here, Dave? What are we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about something that because I, I feel like I have an announcement right after you because I was thinking about the same thing when we were having the conversation today. Oh man, it's something crazy. Someone might be leaving the wolf. Pack. Oh no! Tell us more. Um, well, he, the only guy that was questionable on it was the guy who's on thin ice, but it sounds like he's it sticking It sounds around. like somebody else's. Is- Ricky's getting the boot. <laughs> Rick's never leaving his wolf pack. Yeah, n- if there's someone that's always safe from the wolf pack, dismissal. From the wolf pack or in the wolf pack? There's, if Both. there's someone that's always got a spot in the wolf pack, it's Rick. Kid t- talked you out of it. Where, where are we at? Who's leaving the pack? Because my pack is open. I hate to say it, but. I've decided to resign my spot in the wolf pack. Well, welcome to the way it should be done, because that's what I've operated as. You yeah, got five people in your wolf pack, and you are an observer of your wolf pack. You are a guy who just makes sure the that, watchful owl. Yes, I maintain. I just make sure they have all the free reign and freedom that they need to run free. I'm operating uh, not like this person, but as if I am a Jerry Jones type person. Oh, got so a douchebag that doesn't know what's going on. No, uh, just like is that the I, Cowboys guy? Yes. Yeah, okay. the owner. He's of the very, team. very bad at his job. Yeah, he's not great. <laughs> I'm much better. I than think him. of myself as sort of like the Aurora's Borealis. Like they're out there in the Arctic, kind of like there, and I'm just the, the ether that's around them, just kind of giving them just the good vibes. I know you're not super into sports, but his analogy made way more sense. Than <laughs> <laughs> But you don't manage a wolf pack. You let a wolf pack do what they're going to do. Listen, I'm not Jerry Jones. All right, so. And I'm just going from like kind of the. I'm the overseeing eye. I own this wolf pack. It's my wolf pack. You want to own so, wolves? Hold on. No. What's important though, Dave? Them? Listen, man. Let's not delve into like the nitty gritty of it all. You can't have a wolf pack 
that's only four. So who is filling the void if well, you're stepping out? I, this is what I'm getting to. I know. That's why I asked. And I hate to not be able to be a part of my wolf pack. That's why I was in it. But yeah. the fact of the matter is we have five wolves that can be in the wolf pack. And, you know, I would love to run run rampant with my boys. You just didn't really have the credentials. Kind of you just dog. didn't have the credentials. You just yeah. didn't have the tour wins that you needed yeah. to just stay in the wolf bag. Yeah. And they I decided mean, he couldn't play everything as lateral and he was out. <laughs> this is very sorry for the inside joke. Um you know you know, when you break it down and you look at the statistics and everything like that. The ones I, that are available online. I am doing the least for the wolf pack. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Facts. I so mean, t- t- you're you're, you're filling a lot of not space. Not by much, given how you know. Uh, Rick. Brooks it, Bro- Whoa. No, Brooks's recent record has been. You're yeah, like, I I haven't you're missed doing any less cuts. Harm. You're, I you're not negative. I haven't missed any cuts. Brooks' last three starts, he's had he's missed the cut. Easy, I man, done. you're disparaging your wolf, Dave. Well, who for him. is in the wolf pack? So I've, and I I mean, I've been riding for this guy oh for a while God. now, and oh. My <laughs> goodness, I've got a feeling. And I've let, got him, a feeling. let him do it. And I've said he's the best player in the world for a uh, while now. Yes. And I'm talking about yes. my boy Rombo. Yes. And he is in the wolf pack. Rom has a Rombo is in two wolf packs now. God damn yeah. it, dude. I was so sure you were going to say the flusher, Harris English. Oh my God, that <laughs> would have been so ch- much better. Dave, can, we, can we start this I over? Like, I can hear the toilet. Here we go. <laughs> not a chance Harris English was making it into the wolf pack. Oh, He's uh, going to be happy to run with two packs. Yeah. Dave, I admire your change in policy. I think it showed great humility to step away from your pack and put someone who's deserving in its place. Now, I don't agree with the placement. He's not in my wolf pack. Um, and I think that's a proper transition because I have an announcement as well. Because <laughs> oh, we, we, we spoke about this earlier today. I didn't realize we were going to do it on the pod because it's a wolf pack discussion. And the main thing being here is to give a quick recap. You know, these wolf packs were established a few years back. I, I don't... It, it, I can't remember right when it came up, but it's been a long-term like inside thing that we talked about for a while. But, you know, my wolf pack has got five guys. And, uh, uh, of course, of course, he the has, golden boy. Let, well, let's oh make this God. clear. He has never ran with his wolf pack. No, I've never ran with my wolf because <laughs> I have humility and I recognize right. who can because run and who cannot. Because he understands the handicap swing. <laughs> You just gained twenty strokes <laughs> by dropping. Yeah, but do you yourself. want do you want someone that's been who's running your team that's ran in the wolf pack that's been in the game? That's no, I want someone game. who's on tour. <laughs> Listen, my team likes to think differently. My wolf pack likes to think differently. That's fine. Dave, if that was important to you, you would stay on your wolf pack. Here's the deal, man. You made the change. So, kid, hey, you had an announcement to make older, as well. Sometimes the older wolf has to retire. You know. You're the, are you the, no, you're not the young, you're not the youngest by any means, but you know, the main thing being here is that, yeah, you might. I'm the same age as Rick. You're younger than Rick. I'm older than, I'm. Older than Jordan. Rick is the oldest, I think. Brooks. Rick is the oldest. You're, you're, I think you're older than Brooks. You're older than Brooks. I'm the oldest except for Rick. Yeah. Are you going to retire Rick because he's too old then? No, never. He's got, he's, he's a healthy wolf. He knows the game better. Look, you know, I, I got into this late in the game. I tried to do what I could. Yeah. But no, I got you, man. I got you. So here, here's the deal, man. 
uh, I have to make a change too with my wolf pack. Um, you know, some some things have come to light, and uh, I've had some change of heart and feelings for certain things. And uh, just to kind of recap my wolf pack, you know, a clear solidified presence on my team is the golden boy. Jordan Speed is, of course, a part of my wolf it's pack. It's such a man. bad wolf pack. <laughs> the entire pack. Yeah, if your <laughs> head done. wolf is speed, <laughs> look, you're he, not a good pack. Let, let's not really. I just like, like to he, be mean. It's I fine. get it. He's a really <laughs> great person. <laughs> I'm sure he is. I don't do not disagree. I'm sure he's a great human being. And I mean, I've got the two best friends. JT is in my wolf pack, guys. Yeah. I'm I'm a viber with JT. Uh, I've also been a huge vocal presence for. Xander on my on my squad. I, I you're gonna do. You know, I I, I I love Xander. I love his game. I, I I'm really a huge fan of Xander. You know, I've got I've got Tommy Fleetwood on my Wolfpack as well. I was I was a ride or die for Tommy Fleetwood. My mm. pinnacle of love for Tommy Fleetwood was when he was in contention at Port Rush at the at the open and just was vibing so hard on him getting his first major win. And, you know, getting his favorite major as his first major win, too. Sure. I mean, he has showed up at majors. He shot a 63 at the U.S. Open at Shinnecock. Like, Tommy Fleetwood is just an awesome personality, like, great vibes. Like, I love the guy to death. He's just, he's he's the boy. And then my fifth guy on my wolf pack is one Rory McIlroy. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's going to do it, folks. And, you know, Rory McIlroy has, has, has done some things recently that have... <laughs> come to light that I think I've been very clear about punishing things for. But at the same time, I also believe in redemption and the opportunity to improve oneself. I don't just cast someone out without any opportunity to rehabilitate them back to the, to the light. See Justin I, Thomas. Like, like he bit off one of his legs, but he can come back like, from that. I, I believe in the deep core character of someone to progress themselves to, to light. And then Rory has, beyond a shadow of a doubt, proved himself to be a good class act character. I mean, at the end of the day, the PGA Tour, or the PGA Championship at Harding Park, where he intentionally made his lie worse, was a clear indication that he has that character with him to do the right thing. I think he can continue to excel going forward. I truly believe in my heart, but think that Rory was just negligent yesterday. He was. He just, he, he just, he, he took some action that he shouldn't have, and they've gotten very you know, lazy on tour with kind of bending the rules here without really putting in the rule due diligence of doing the right thing. And I think it's just got to get pressure to clean itself up. And I hope that he excels and goes forward and, and doesn't tread down that path lightly. So I'm cutting Tommy Fleetwood. Oh, <laughs> you scumbag. Tommy Fleetwood's gone. Um, look, he, he, here's Christ. the deal. I, I love Tommy Fleetwood. I do. But my biggest issue is that the guy won't, he won't come and play here. Or <laughs> cut his damn hair. Whoa, I vibe with his hair. He and trims his hair. And here, and here's the deal. Trim is a cut. I, I love Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, at the end of the day, he's 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 five B, dude. He's number six. He's just the man on the outside. Mm. But you can't expand the wolf pack because it diminishes everyone else that's in there. And I, I do love Tommy Fleetwood, but you know, my the absence doesn't make the heart grow fonder with me. I need constant kind of sure. presence and. I hope the best for him. I hope he comes back and maybe one day he's welcome back to the wolves because he's ha he hasn't been running with us. He hasn't been running with us. <laughs> but you're not. I get it. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, I'm not running ran, with us. You've never ran. He's not with running with them. He's not running with them. The yeah. rest of the boys and I need him running with the squad and he and he's not doing it. If Roy so, didn't just have a kid, you would have cut him. That's absurd. <laughs> um, but now that those boys have 
have continued to kind of steam forward and try their best and keep running and putting the reps in. You know, they need a strong repetitive force that's going to go out there with them and run with them. And that's why I'm entering a new wolf into my pack who isn't even <laughs> properly called a wolf because at the end of the day, he is a panda oh, and no. his son, <laughs> J.M., has joined the wolf pack. He's kind of like the overseeing wolf panda. And, you know, it feels so right. And... You know, you can't just rush someone into, you know, your wolf pack. It's not it's not a knee-jerk reaction. I've had time for this to kind of foster and grow within me, this decision. <laughs> and, you know, we this, this decision has been incubating for quite a long time. And I'm just so glad to hear that Dave had made a transition as well because I felt a little rushed about it too because he had made the wolf pack before I'd made my wolf pack. And I can't change my wolf pack before he changes his. Like, it just seems a bit much. So now hearing that, like, I'm just ready to bring up my 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 new admission to the wolf pack and just to round it out and we got rory spieth jt zander and now sung jm a part of the wolf pack just so, absolutely thrilled to have him on board i'd like to point out two things a i told dave it was going to be the panda about two minutes ago i was right but kid I'd, I'd also like to paint a picture for you and i i really want you to think about this narrative and think how things could possibly go imagine in the wild there were four wolves and among those four wolves there was a panda <laughs> what would those wolves do they would eat the fucking panda very quickly and then there would only be four wolves you've just diminished your wolf pack because the panda is dead and eaten it's an interesting move that's all i'm saying <laughs> I, I think they're gonna Damn. eat the panda alive kid doesn't just looking at Kid, he does not like what he heard. <laughs> he does not like that one bit. That's just how nature works. Sometimes the pandas get eaten. I know they're cute and cuddly, but they can't live with wolves. They are vicious. This is, pandas can defend themselves. This can is they? absolute blasphemy. <laughs> Some of the most disgraceful things I've ever heard. These two things don't even operate in the same ecosystems. They're not even on the same continents. So together. why would you bring the panda into so the ecosystem? So why do you make assumptions? You put about them there. How you have two very strong spirited beings that respect each other's prowess. Oh my God. And you know what? You don't see fucking wolves attacking polar bears that much either. Look, they respect the power because within. Polar bears are terrifying. They're giant. I mean, Dude, I want you to you get in the golfer, ring with a panda and see how you shake out, man. You piss off that panda. <laughs> he would be my baby spoon in minutes. It would be nothing. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Oh my goodness gracious. This is interesting. Dave cut the weakest link from the pack. Dave, I love you. You were the weakest link. Kid just brought a very weak link into his pack. That's fucking horrendous. I can't believe you're still talking shit about Sungjae to this day He's when it bit not you a wolf. in the fucking ass last season. Not a wolf. It did not bite my ass. Okay, go ahead, Ryan. What's your fucking wolf pack? Let's see how it goes. I'm very proud to say I got Rombo. <laughs> I got Gerdog, Gary Woodland, who's a wolf, not a panda. I got my boy JT. I got Tiger. Who's feeling great after another operation? Not even a fucking wolf. He went with a feline. A feline. The biggest, baddest feline. You know what else is a feline? A fucking lion, the king of the jungle. <laughs> and then. Lions don't live in the jungle. They live in the, the Serengeti. That's fair enough. Savannah. Whatever. <laughs> Tigers live in the jungle. <laughs> Still not a panda. <laughs> and we got Rory, who is still in my pack, <laughs> hanging in there. No problems at all. 
And lastly, we got the boy Webb, I believe, is the last of my pack. Uh, I think you just said six people. Just <laughs> no, no, no. I could have. <laughs> JT. Mm-hmm. Gary Woodland. Yep. Tiger. Tiger. Rombo. Rombo. And Webb. Was there no one else? No. <laughs> no. I don't know. Oh, gosh. I guess. I don't know. I feel like I've already blanked out. Again, no pandas in my pack. Yeah. I don't know. Just like to talk shit. Do y'all want to talk about Tiger at all with his back operation? We feel like that's fine. No. I also intentionally didn't want to bring up the documentary either, even though I just did, but I don't really You like did just Tiger. bring it up. I also I, I chose not to watch it, so whatever happened, happened. I watched it, but... Yeah. Not interested. I'll wait till we get the uh, the Tiger doc that's official in 10 years when Tiger's involved. The one where he can uh, yay or nay what is said. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's the one I'm interested in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the... Yeah, I mean, if I were to say like a quick piece on it, it would just basically be like, it it wasn't what I want out of a documentary. Like, I wanted to be far heavier on the golf, and it felt more like something that would appeal more to the general public that was more interested in the the something, public sphere. Something of, of might his, get more views. Like, I would I would have liked to see the last dance of Tiger. And then if they were to mix in the drama of his life, because obviously Michael Jordan had a lot less drama than Tiger's life did. If they were to infuse the drama, they should be taking the last dance and then the Lance Armstrong documentary and use those as the references and influences sure. for how you meld those. Because Lance Armstrong's life was very similar in terms of its scandal to, yeah. to Tiger Woods's, And I think those two things could be married in a way that's actually compelling. And if Tiger Woods is open to it, it could be extremely effective for humanizing him and making it into like a powerful powerful series his um, kids have to get older before that happens without a doubt that that is one of the biggest uh points of like there's just no way he's agreeing to emphasize that part of his life while his kids are still young and impressionable right. anywho back's feeling great he's gonna look good at the masters still i don't know any i haven't heard that his back's feeling great but i would assume after a surgery you would hope that the back's feeling great i have also not heard that i'm not reporting anything <laughs> I don't, but anyone, I'm hoping. I don't think anyone's coming to this podcast thinking they're getting breaking news from us. Like, hey, I got an inside source <laughs> at Tiger's camp. No, my my Twitter handle is at Adam Schefter if you need anything. True. Mine's use golf facts. <laughs> <laughs> so all the good reporting. If you want to know the latest on Patrick Reed. Also, well, Adam I Schefter, I didn't mean name. to steal anything. I, I think I keep it pretty clear that I don't say Patrick Reed by no, name. I think it's just copy I, and paste. I think it's very clear that like that's not who I'm talking about. Like, no, never. <laughs> I have no association with Patrick Reed. <laughs> Definitely not his wife. No, 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 not at all. But uh, yeah, that wraps it up, folks. That's uh, that's what I got from my Wolf Pack. Uh, that's what we got for the fantasy league. That's what we got for the the recent controversy around the. Uh, I've got one more little segment. Yeah. If we want to wrap it up with the final <laughs> little segment, I know we've been going for a while. But I wanted to get this out there. We have four major tournaments this year. We oh, do. we're going into majors. All right, hold on. Oh, Wait. this is okay. breaking news. <laughs> Good, stretch it out. Do you have coffee over there, kid? Listen, kid, you did your essay preparation for the podcast about the whole Patrick You guys Reed have shit. to tell me when we're typing shit out. Well, this is as <laughs> much kidding. as I typed I'm out. Kidding. I'm kidding. I I'm typed out about 20 words tops. <laughs> and one of them was major tournament predi- predictions. 
Um, we did it last year. I want to get on record before the Masters comes up. So I don't know who wants to start. What? What? You what do you guys start? Think? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have a segment I want to do. You guys want to start it? <laughs> Anybody else want to run with my segment? So yeah, we'll just go right off the rip. Right, wait, hold on. Are these twenty words not the intro or the summation or the overview? He like, didn't actually type. No, that many I was. Words. I he was just wanted to say majors question mark. No, I was saying earlier you were preparing your essay about Patrick Reed for the podcast. Yeah. And I did my own little notes thing that said Tory Pines podcast. And it's there was literally about 20, 20 words. words. Oh, okay. And one of, or I guess three of the words were major prediction. Winners. Major tournament <laughs> predictions. So you get time to prepare and we have to decide on the spot. Got it. Cool. Sounds good. I really That's how prepare. I live on this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. I got to remember venues. God damn it. Well, I have the I'll go second, kid. Do your Google. No, I I'll have talk the out of my ass like I, I can do. give it to you right now. All right, right now. Um, so first so up, I think we have Augusta, Augusta right? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Okay, got it. It's they every usually year. play there every once in a while. Yep, it'll be uh, the first year. It's back to back. We got Kiowa. Is it Kiowa for the PJ Championship? Yeah, yeah Kiowa. And then Torrey Pines, I, Kiowa yep. Island and Golf Resort, yeah. Royal St. George, uh, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and then we have Royal St. George in Sandwich, Kent, England. For the Open, and then we have Tory Pines for the U.S. Open. Yeah, okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Um, so I will start off with Tory Pines at the U.S. Open. Okay, I think John Rahm is going to win yeah. the U.S. Open. You already Open. said that, yeah. yeah. Um, then I will go all the way to Augusta, Georgia. All the side of the country. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All like the way. Traveling really I far. Like that. You're, you're paying <laughs> a picture. Multiple flights. Paying a picture. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Atlanta. It's a huge hub. You can go yeah, easily yeah, from yeah, San Diego sure. or LA to we should Atlanta probably with one flight. Break that down. Yes. And then I'm going to go and say that it's his year. He gets it done. Rick. Rick. Oh, oh wow. Augusta. Wow. Mm. Wow. He's really in form right now. Listen, he's not not informed. He is. He is trending in the right direction from what last year. He had a decent finish at the American Express. He didn't do that great this week, but he did make the cut, and he had he looked okay at times. Um, I have faith that he'll get back to the Augusta. He will just smell the presence of past champions in the air. He'll see the magnolias. He'll feel feel the azaleas rubbing on his skin and you're not he, supposed to touch those um regardless rick can do what he wants he <laughs> he's gonna get that. nude and disbade um he's played well there in the past it's uh, i i think it's his time he's gonna do it he everything's starting to align for him hopefully and it's gonna be his time all right that's what i think that's what i'm predicting right on and now I'm going to go all the way to Carolina, a short little skip over. And okay. we're going to Kiwa. Kiwa. <laughs> Kiwa. And I'm saying my boy, Kevin Kisner, has it. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Yes. Wow. 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 <laughs> Did you follow up for that? Uh, I think that he's just going to get that Georgian gumption, get it done, dip in mouth, 
nose down. I think you're talking about Brooks. Does Kevin Kisner has a fat lip? Yeah, he in does all the time. Generally, he spits it. In, he spits it into bunkers. It was a bad just, joke. I'm sorry. God. Um, I I mean I respect Brooks too for <laughs> having dips in, but yeah, he's just gonna do it. You know, I feel like it's similar to what you know. I don't know much about Kiwa. I've seen the Noah laying up shit about it, but I feel like Kisner maybe will vibe with that place. Um. It's one of those guys where it's like he's either going to do what I say or he's going to miss the cut. Um, but we'll see. Wait, so your idea here with Kevin Kisner at the PJ Championship <laughs> is he either misses the cut or wins? wins? <laughs> yes. Yes. Got it. Okay. I'm going to take him in 20th place. If all that's right. all right. It'll get me points in the fantasy It'll get paid. So. Um, and then we're going to Royal St. George's. Um, this is the one where I'm, you know, the most kind of – in the air about it. I don't really know. I don't really know what I'm feeling with this. Um, yeah, I, I, Do you know? I don't, Do you have I, don't a take? <laughs> I don't know much about the course. That's like really what the I'm funny saying. thing is, is that we had this conversation cause it was supposed to be the venue last year and Davis had over a year to prepare <laughs> to understand this course. Still don't know anything about this course. Yeah. Hey, that's a lot of Googling, but, uh, if I have to go with my gut, um, I'm gonna say Joaquin Neiman. That's not a bad. It's honestly not a bad choice. Yeah. The low ball flight, keeping out of the out of the wind. Um, you know, he he clearly has great touch. Like I think that's not a bad choice, Dave. I think it should be noted that three of the four choices are on your fantasy league right now. <laughs> Shocking. And the, and the fourth is Ricky Fowler. So Shocking, which should have been on his team. I mean, <laughs> I don't think we had to, him. We, we didn't have to. We didn't have to venture too far from his other picks to find his picks for majors. Do you have yours, kid? Uh, I have three of the four. I'm still trying to think about the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. So many people didn't play this week to give me a very good idea of it. I said Patrick Reed earlier is a, is a probably a favorite going into it. Um, do I think he's going to win it? I mean, just because you're a favorite doesn't mean you're going to win it. And I think a lot of these picks too kind of come from the same like kind of pick with your heart a little bit for sure i mean dave i don't think dave actually thinks that joaquin neiman ricky fowler and kevin kisner are actually logically all gonna win majors this i hope year. not but uh you, you hope know. not jeez man <laughs> i just hope that's not what you think <laughs> but uh you know they're they're bold predictions and i think that's part of it too so you're trying to yeah. pick bold predictions and that's why I'll go ahead and start with Kiowa and go with Dustin Johnson. Long shot, obviously. I mean, the guy just can't get it done. Uh, no, he's from the area. Yeah. Um, you know, he's clearly in great form. Uh, you know, he, he he. I think he got over that first hump of winning a major now, and we haven't seen him play at a major since then, so who knows if he just goes on a rampage with these things. Yeah. But uh, Dustin Johnson will win the PGA Championship at Kiowa if he doesn't win the players this year. And that sounds okay. like a weird thing, but I think the players might be the uh, the Puerto Rico Open curse for majors. If you win the players, you sure. won't win a major after it. And I'm worried for Rory because of that. <laughs> um, and Ricky, for that matter, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. like the that's the biggest kind of exemplar of it is that Ricky won the players and he hasn't, you know, yeah. won a major. And maybe that's maybe the players' championship is the the Puerto Rico curse for majors. Depending on who you talk to, debatably he's won a major. With the players. That's if you talk to Dave. No. I don't want to have that conversation because I was just saying that winning the players championship 
voids you from winning any of the other majors. Yeah. If you were going to even call it a major. Because, I mean, Webb won it, hasn't won since. Yeah. You know, Roy won it, hasn't won one since. Ricky Webb, won it. Has... Webb, Webb has won since he's won. Not a major, like, though. Yeah, my not point. a major. It's yeah. clearly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and anyway. Then, and then, you know, there's... Oh, fuck. Sergio Garcia, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah, that's just gross. <laughs> that fucker got me. <laughs> um, but a re- recent memory, I guess. I don't. I don't know. Nah. It's it's a working theory. <laughs> yeah. But I think Dustin Johnson. It, he he's got the PGA Championship at Kiowa. I think that's a a strong indicator. And I've got the same pick for the Open that I had last time. It was going to be the Open. Xander Shoffley is winning the Open Championship at Royal St. George, and he's going to win it by three strokes. Wow. He called his shot and called the score. Well, I didn't call the score. I called the, the three strokes. The, yeah, the three strokes. That's three strokes the score. Victory. I'm, I'm not quite sure how. You don't know how the weather's going to make the draw work. I just think that's how much better he's going to be than the next person in the field. You know, that's just that's my prediction. Yeah. You know, we'll see how it is. Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and make my my call for Tory Pines. My call for Tory Pines now, and you know, maybe, maybe this adversity. Maybe all this stuff that's kind of Jesus, been, he's doing been, it. been getting Rory. these guys. I don't know. He's talking about fucking go. It's not Rory. Sorry. Let me just talk over you more. Uh, the the guy who just can't quite seem to get it done. I think the boy Tony Finau is going <laughs> to win the U.S. Oh. Open at Torrey Pines. No, it won't be Patrick Reed, Ryan. Um, Tony Finau is going to win the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. I think he... We'll find a way to get it done, and he's going to get it done on a big stage where he's going to silence the haters. Um, and people can stop bringing it up. Which leaves one major left. A perfectly you. fine major. Like, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. Um, but it will be, it will grow in its estimation and my feeling for it after this incredible specimen wins it. Sung JM will be the Masters oh champion God. for 2021. <laughs> And look, it's just gonna be—it's gonna be a rematch. It's gonna be Dustin Johnson and Sung Jae M duking it out in April, and this time Sung Jae is gonna come out on top. You put him in your wolf pack, and here he is. That's right. All right. Fair enough. So let me tell you, who's actually gonna win in Augusta? This is someone who I have affectionately been compared to as a chubby dude with a short backswing john rom is gonna win at augusta this year he will i would like that be the winner there didn't you didn't you pick him last year too i did yeah yes how'd that work out for you didn't we have a bet on that yeah we did i paid you it's fine he he bet that rom would win it and tiger would win it (laughs) look (laughs) hedging his bets sometimes you gotta head (laughs) okay i thought they were good bets it's fine i'm sticking with rombo He's going to win at Augusta. I really love the guy, Justin Thomas, at Torrey. Who didn't play this week there. Just exactly. He doesn't need to. He's got it. Has he? I'm curious. Has he ever played at Torrey? I don't know. I'm sure he's played there before, if I had to guess. Furthermore, he hasn't played there in at least the last two years that you know of. No, I'm looking at OWGR. I, I meant he's been there recently. <laughs> Just visited. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he took a vacation. To good old Santiago. I'm going to go even further. The cat 
Tiger Woods will win at Royal St. George. It's better than picking Kiowa. So, <laughs> yeah. And it gives him the most amount of time to heal again. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm going to go with DJ in Kiowa. Yeah. Don't, don't. <laughs> I made the same pick. I know you did. You covered me. So that's where I stand. Okay, so we have some overlap and parity with these things. I think a, f- a, a couple of you think that Rom's going to win one. A couple of us think DJ's going to win one. Everywhere else doesn't have a ton Was of overlap. Was the only one that picked JT to yeah. win a major this year? Yeah. Does that feel crazy to just me? He has one major. <laughs> I uh, I don't think JT's too much of a big game hunter. If JT was going to win one this year, it was going to be the Masters, and Sungjae is going to beat him. So, <laughs> <laughs> Foolishness. He's trending on an upward trajectory at the Masters after his T4, and I think if he was going to overcome one, it's going to be the Masters right now. I think he him not being at Tour this week was a big indicator that it wasn't going to be that one to me. Um, you could say that, you know, Kiwa being kind of nearby the similar kind of way that he plays, there's a chance, but at the end of the day, I think PG, if, if, if JT was about to win another PGA, he'd probably be in the sec- 72nd hole. He's like, I have to make this four footer to win and I get another PGA. I think he's just going to push it. I think you think he's going to push a four footer to win the PGA? <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think wow. he's, he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be that guy. PGA. He doesn't want to be a repeat only <laughs> that PGA. Be fun. I should miss this. I mean, who would want to have two majors and they're 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 the two worst majors? You know, like yeah. is it? It's I mean, two is better than one, right? Yeah, but do you really want? It's <laughs> I think like, so. That math checks out. I don't know. It's like <laughs> it's like losing your virginity to a hooker, and they're like. God, I can't seem to get laid again. I Why guess are I'll you pay for another hooker. talking down on me specifically right now? It's not cool. What do you mean? You you pay I lost for hookers? Did you do a hooker? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I'm kidding. <laughs> Obviously. Um, or is he? Or am I? <laughs> you know, I. It'd be a bummer. He sounds fun. I yeah. I mean, I don't think he would be bummed with the PGA Championship by any means. I mean, I like the I narrative. Think the one point seven five million dollars would be enough. I think him say, winning yeah. a PGA again would make it harder for him to win the other majors going forward. If he just keeps, it's like it's like the it's it's like Rory or Phil with with their Grand Slams. It's like there's clearly important ones now that I have to win, which are the three other ones, and he just can't seem to figure them out. He's like, I got these PGAs on lock, but I can't seem to figure out these other ones. I don't think that's in his head. If I'm guessing. Not close personal friends or anything, but... I don't want it for his legacy. Well, that's fair. He can win it again after he wins some other ones, but look, I don't think it'd be a great look. <laughs> it's a bad look, JT. I mean, imagine if he finished his career with six PGAs. <laughs> I bet he'd be in the Hall of Fame. That, I mean, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame if he stopped playing right now. He has 11 or 12 PGA Tour wins in a major. He's in the Hall of Fame. Or he's just not winning he? one this year. He'll win one He'll win one in 2022. And, you know, I might as go as far as say he'll win two, you know, in 2022. Two majors? Yeah. Wow. Again. Won't yeah, I guess you can one. see the fucking future pretty far. That's a good crystal ball. Yeah. Look, 
I just have feelings when people aren't going to win a major that year, and every time I've taken a bet for it, they haven't won it. So I haven't been proven wrong by that. Yeah, yet. well, generally, if you're trying to guess one winner and you're saying like someone isn't going to win, you're most likely going to be right. I appreciate it. that. My point is, is that <laughs> I'm going to take the field on this one. <laughs> My point is, is that it's still I ha- I haven't been proven wrong by that, and I haven't. <laughs> oh wow! I, I haven't been a stranger. So it is very good at betting the field. I haven't I haven't been a stranger from when those bets come up. I haven't shot away from them. If someone feels confident about it, I will put you against any of your bets except for DJ at Kiwa because that's what I think is going to happen. Hmm. I'll, I'll do it right now. Fuck it, do it live. Do it live. Anyone feeling froggy with their picks? <laughs> Joaquin Neiman, Royal St. George, hey, Dave? Give me Rombo for 20 at the Masters. I'll run it back, baby. Put it in your fucking book. Kid is also the king you should, of. You should take the, the odds because that's really what it should be. No, it's too he late. Gets, he gets the field. No, it's too late. I want Rom. I got. I it, got dude. my guy. Look, this is the head of my wolf pack. He's the alpha. I know. That's what I'm saying. And got him he'll locked be right it in. There. Face value. We're in. Yeah. Hold on. Locked I'm, in. I'm in the process yeah, of. I don't care about your odds, Dave. We're already locked in. No, for my bet with you, folks. Free advice. Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP. I'm not giving you Vegas odds, Dave. <laughs> He's going to be like, dude, 50 bucks for Joaquin Neiman, 1,000 to 1. I get yeah. 50 grand if I went. Like, no, I'm not going to fucking take that bet. I don't think it's going to happen, but I can't afford to lose that <laughs> yeah, bet. Like, I don't really want a grand on Joaquin Neiman. That's fair. Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, Chiefs to win with the points. Travis Kelsey over 100 Plus yards. Plus 1,100 Bank with it. Rom on the U.S. Open. So bet $100 to win 1,100. I'll take it if you're offering. That, well, that was going to be my. I'm bet. not giving you Vegas odds. <laughs> Plus 1,000. I'm you know not what? giving you Vegas that's odds. Kid, right now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to double down. I'm going to give you my 20 wager, and I'm going to put $100 on Rom to win the Masters right now. Okay. You get Vegas odds when you do that. That's why I'm doing it because you won't offer them. I've made I've I've made bets in your position y'all's position before, and I got flexible with Brandon with it. And look, here's the deal: is like I'm not giving you Vegas odds. You didn't give me Vegas odds, so yeah. Well, that's that's your problem for taking that bet. No, I take bets that I want to take. And he takes bets <laughs> that he thinks will win, and I haven't turned down. Th- I bets that I think are reasonable with that sort of thing. Well, but, it's just different when you're like, yeah, man. I, I mean, of course, like the field's going to win. Of course. Like you're talking about one person. Like he thinks that Rom's going to win. And you're like, yeah, I mean, of course I'll take the field yeah. at the same rate. <laughs> like, yeah. it's fine. Look, I'm confident in my guy. I'm not going to give you 100 to one Rom at a field event with 90 guys. Oh, I guess you're saying US Open, right? That's no, what no, mine was. Yeah. Masters. Masters is nine, like 90 guys in the field that are almost all irrelevant. So. Besides, like, 15 of them. Yeah. So, the uh, the U.S. Open is a little bit different. I, I would give you... I'll give you half of that. I'll give you 50 to 1. For ROM? Yeah. Ooh. So, if I bet 10, you'd pay me 500? Yeah. Yeah. Chalk me down for 20. <laughs> I'm not what? doing a grand. <laughs> well, you just said you'd do 50 to 1 odds. Yeah, when you said ten dollars earlier, I never said. Just $10. take the ten, Dave. What are you doing? I'll take the ten, but he said fifty-one. I never said ten dollars. I, I never made a. Just wait. He his odds right now are are eleven hundred for the U.S. Open it, plus eleven hundred. Yeah. 
So plus eleven hundred is bet a hundred dollars to win eleven hundred. That's eleven to one. That's yeah. Sorry, I meant five to one. Whatever that fucking thing is, like whatever half of that one. Yeah, th- yeah. So it'd be five to five one, five and a half to, yeah. to one. You know him. So yeah, it wouldn't be five hundred dollars. It would be five and a half. Yeah. yeah. So it would be ten. You would get, you'd fi- bet you'd get fifty dollars to win. You you I would, would bet, bet ten dollars to win fifty. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So twenty dollars to win a hundred. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. I was wondering why that math sounded so it's terrifying. Because like, it was not wrong? right. It was very wrong. <laughs> I was down to take it. Fuck yeah, you were. <laughs> I was like, why does this sound You're so like, crazy? Wow, like, it Rob. seems like John Robbins <laughs> never played golf before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. And that's Gambling 101. Yeah. Yeah, you're in on I'm those I'm fucking odds. exhausted. It's been long. Yeah. I could use it. Uh, yeah, we can wrap this up. Um, is there any final notes or s- anything people want to say? It's been another long ass pod. I don't know how these things continue to get long as fuck, but I guess there's a lot of things we want to talk about. It, it, this is what happens when you wait a long time between doing yeah. pods. Really, what it comes down to is being more regular about these. It's quantity versus quality. I mean, most people don't say that, but <laughs> no, that's not We're, usually the common phrase. Is like <laughs> quantity I'm about pumping out quantity, make, not make more shitty things, and it'll be fine. I mean, it's not a positive statement. <laughs> it's only what it is. But yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I think we covered a lot. We definitely did. Um, moral of the story is Patrick Reed is a cheat, and uh, we'll wrap it on questionably. That. Uh, Ryan, we're not gonna Ryan, die. <laughs> Ryan is still on Team Cat, Team Team Reed. Hashtag Team Reed. Hashtag Team Bucky Barnes. Um, and thanks for listening. <laughs> um, it's been a blast. Nobody's hearing this, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>